This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's got Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Sam is gone and Dean's got work. You two are the whiniest, most self-absorbed sons of bitches I ever met. Come back, bitch and jerk. This is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV show Supernatural, and we are back. We're into our season six coverage, season six, episode three and four. Chris, how are you tonight, man? What's what's going on in the world of, of Chris Mosier? Chris Mosier's doing freaking great, bro. I'm really um, excited to hear that. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> I had a great weekend, all right? I'm feeling good. How are you doing, Big J? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, life is good. We're, we're, we're rounding out. We're about to get into the, the end of the year situation, and I'm really excited about you know taking some vacay for a little while. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, spending some time around the house. I'm an old man, so I get really excited for doing like old man shit nowadays. Like, ooh, oh, wow. yeah. I'm going to have some free time to uh, clean up that concrete outside. The concrete really <laughs> needs to be cleaned. Well, yeah, I told you. A big portion of my weekend was spent reorganizing my bookshelves, and I was like, F yeah, this is great. <laughs> uh, well, Chris, we are into season six. I'm, uh, I'm excited yeah. to talk about these two episodes. I, I think both mm-hmm. of these episodes are absolutely fucking delightful. Uh, and maybe Same. the Bobby episode may be one of my favorite episodes ever. I think, yeah, I, top, honestly, top ten episodes for me. It's such a joy to watch. Uh, and it's such a, a surprise delight. It just comes out of nowhere. You're like, holy crap, this is, this is great. Season six is delivering a little bit more than I expected it to. Having watched it a few times, I didn't know that I enjoyed it as much as I do. Yeah, these are so far we've had a strong show and like that feeling of weirdness that we talked about in the last episode of the podcast is still there. Um uh, but they mm-hmm. they're 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 distracted me from it. Like it's still there and it's still exactly. caught out on inside the episode, but like things are happening on the screen that are more interesting than the mystery, which is surprising to me. Like I I'm, I'm I thought that I would be constantly distracted by the how did Sam come back question and they they really do a good job of of pulling you away from that. Yeah. Um Listener, if you're a fan of um, feeling weird, you can support us on Patreon at <laughs> patreon.com slash monster of the week. I had to fit that plug in there somewhere. Nice. Me, uh, we are, we are, uh, we're planning a lot of, I think, bonus episodes, stuff like that. Some bonus content that's not necessarily mm-hmm. uh, mentioned on there. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, you can go check it out. Um, but with that, are you ready to get into these episodes? Sure. Um, I do, I do, do want to mention, if you join that Patreon, uh, you can get access to our cool cool Discord, where a bunch of us Supernatural fans hang out and talk Supernatural literally all day. We have some international people in there, so, like, so we just literally, it's true. any time of day, you could open it up <laughs> yeah. and have like a 50-post a, a conversation about something that happens in season 10 or 11. It's wild. It's a, it's a, yep. it's a wild place to be. Yep. Uh, it's it's pretty uh, remarkable how how populated that that discord is people are always talking about supernatural <laughs> it's so great we have our own private supernatural forum chris this is something that i never thought i wanted and i'm so glad to have so same same do you want to um catch us up on what's been happening on, with these boys on the road so far <clears throat> well yeah uh sure um i have that written right here jeremy of course you do chris <laughs> Let I, me I just nothing check less my notes extremely professional podcaster that you are so here's the deal. Here's the scoop. Last time on Supernatural, um, Dean got a job and Sam 
got weird. And I think that that kind of is, that definitely sums up the first two episodes of Supernatural. Um, Sam is back. Samuel, their grandfather, is back also, um, both from the dead, from different places. Sam's back from heck. Uh, Samuel is back from heaven. Mm-hmm. Nobody has any idea why, least of all Dean. Uh, we've been giving a front seat or kind of a first-person view through Dean's eyes, uh, not literally, but for this perspective of these these last few episodes. Supernatural's doing some bold, strange things with our hunks, and uh, I'm interested to see where it goes. There's been some hints about some, some monsters acting up and being weird. Yep. There's... Um, hunters working together and capturing monsters. We don't really know what's going on there. Mm-hmm. All in all, a lot of confusion, a lot of mystery, a lot of uh, uneasiness for our hunks and for uh, your hosts as well. It, it it has made me feel a little uneasy. Before we get into the episode proper, um, I just do want to call out uh, last season for a majority of the season, our good friend Richard from the We Are Not Wizards podcast had uh, sung our intro. Um, the very catchy, this is Monster of the Week, which I find myself singing all the time. I don't know if that's because I like it <laughs> or if it's because I listen to it because I'm editing all these shows. So either way, uh, th- we, we wanted to give you a, a give Richard a big thank you for letting us use his, his vocals all year last year, um, or I guess all season last season. It wasn't a whole year, but... <laughs> yeah, that's why I corrected myself, Chris. Thanks for making this editing job harder. Um, <laughs> Damn it, Jeremy. I'm sorry. <laughs> My playful uh, bants just sounds like awkward. I'm telling now. you, I'm telling you. This this season, uh, our good friend Audrey at BHS Baby on Twitter, uh, who was our very first guest episode. Um, I'm sorry, second guest. Second episode. guest. Yeah, she was our guest episode for the feedback episode in season three. Um, just saying some saying some stuff for us, and it sounds great. So uh, she actually recorded and gave that to us after we finished recording the first episode of season six. So uh, we don't mention it there. She'll be in the show notes. But I wanted to give her a special thank you for for doing those vocals for us. And finally, Chris, we can get into season six proper. Are you ready? Let's do it. Uh, season six, episode three, is entitled "The Third Man," written by Ben Edlin and directed by Robert Singer. So uh, I don't know if you know this, Chris, but the boys. They're back in town. We got them back in town. Oh, yeah. This was aired on October 8th, 2010. Sam and Dean call Castiel for help when they investigate a case about several dead police officers who seem to have been killed by the plagues of Egypt. Castiel confirms the staff of Moses was used to kill the cops and tells Sam and Dean that heaven is in a state of chaos. As Castiel is in the middle of a civil war against the Archangel Raphael and God's weapons have been stolen, why is this going on for so long? Uh, The three head off to find the thief and come face to face with an old enemy um yeah that kind of outlines our, our plot pretty well <laughs> maybe a little yeah too certainly um so yeah so we- i was digging around in, in dad's diary okay. for this one so the third man is also it's the name of the episode it's also the name of, a, of an old movie but i i knew i knew it from somewhere so i so i looked it up and i found out about a thing called the third man factor or third man syndrome which according to this uh wikipedia article aka dad's diary uh it refers to the reported situations where an unseen presence such as a spirit provides comfort or support during traumatic experiences so aka castiel mm-hmm. um i just thought it was an interesting thing it's considered a paranormal phenomenon of some sort it's been written about in a bunch of old books about a bunch of old people who believe a lot of bunch of crazy old things um but I used to love digging into those aspects of Supernatural, the weird little references and, and call, call outs they make or the lore things that they pull at. So maybe maybe I'll dig in, into those a little bit more for season six and seven now that we're not so uh, overfilled with um, hunk melodrama. <laughs> just pe- pepper it in here and there. I uh, I, want, I just want to 
say because I, I looked I was curious about this myself um, as a fan of the original Third Man movie. Uh, but I, so I looked at the supernatural trivia to see what our, our good friends over at the Wikipedia uh, sections had to say, and uh, they don't mention this this at all. So I think good on you for finding this. Uh, but they do mention that it's the third episode of the sixth season, and that could be why it's called the Third Man. <laughs> A quick Google search would have told you otherwise with Supernatural Wiki. <laughs> it could also be a reference to the Three Wise Men. Ah. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, that's only because one of those Three Wise Men was actually named Balthazar, who we're going to, you know, we're going to meet a dude named Balthazar in a bit. So We sure are. All right, let's dig into it. So yeah, uh, we're going to start with some old, good old Supernatural gore. Uh, this dude. Is- <laughs> This uh, this dude is in a police station, uh, and he just like literally starts falling apart. Like he's in a he's he's in between shifts. Like he's getting ready to go on duty, so like he's taking a shower or whatever. And he's I don't know if he's shaving or whatever. Yeah, I think he is shaving right now, or he's just like washing his face, and he sees like a little cut. And then Chris, just like a part of his face, like slides off, and he just like peels it away from himself, and it is very gross. It's so it's digs into some sort of weird body horror thing because I was cringing watching it the entire time. Normally stuff like that doesn't bother me, but seeing this dude just peel away his skin like that, it was it was real, it was visceral, it was gross. And then like it just keeps getting worse and worse until his like face falls off and he he falls over and just like splats into um, some cranberry sauce. It is very very disturbing and very very gross. Um, and. We're, we're, that's not even going to be the grossest thing on this episode. <laughs> like it's going to get a little no, worse. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, before we get there, we get some good old fashioned Dean sex. Uh, there's like this weird playing piano music, and Dean wakes up next to our, our good friend Lisa, and uh, they're they're starting to go to the bone zone when he actually wakes up in the Impala next to like a train track or something. That's what I have in my notes. I don't actually remember that, but basically, uh, yeah, he's sleeping on the side of the road in the Impala. He just like pulled off somewhere. Sure. Yeah. And I le- I would just like to, to note that I also wrote down the Dean was going to the bone zone so i'm glad oh, we're using the same vernacular now <laughs> oh good we're slowly but surely becoming one another this will make a great podcast <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah so the dream aside which it's like he he wakes up does he see somebody in his dream? I, I i feel like i'm imagining that he's he's in the bone zone with lisa and he looks over and sees castiel there i think of course, i imagined of that course. part yeah we, we we both have destiel <laughs> in the brain right now we just can't help it um but I think it's interesting that he wakes up at the on the side of the road sleeping in the Impala, and it just seems kind of like this is desperate Dean. Like he's not even going to a motel with his bro anymore. He's just he's just sleeping on the side. He pulled off somewhere. He's sleeping there. And meanwhile, we cut to Sam, who's just hunking out, who is just shirtless. finished going to the bone zone. He has just completed bone zone activities. Now he's just like doing push ups and being like, "Yeah, I worked out all summer. And now season six back. Like we, check uh, me out. Like we all do after sex. <laughs> he uses the, the <laughs> pull up bar mounted to the ceiling of a hotel room just to do some just to do some pull ups in his jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not gonna. I'm it's not gonna have a shirt on. But I'm, here's my jeans, and here's me doing a bunch of pull ups. <laughs> Like why? I mean, I I, I know why. It's because they're showing off this bond. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. It's still real interesting. But then, yeah, it's just he's he's in this this motel with a with a sex worker who is basically like, hey, I had a great time last night. Um, and for some reason, he's like clears his throat. He's standing there, just totally totally silent, being super awkward, not saying anything. Um, but just as she's about to leave, he's like, hey, aren't you forgetting something? And then he pays her. Um, and she is like, oh, thanks. Next time you is on me, I guess. And here's my number. Call me on my night off. And Sam's like, okay. 
super weird, and then he throws her number out. And this whole scene is just like, what the fuck is happening? It's it's really bizarre. At one point, she looks at him and says, boy, you sure do like to keep the mysterious act up, huh? And I'm like... Yeah. He's just standing there silent like a sociopath. It's really fucking bizarre. Like, it's very, very strange. And it's also very, you know, contradictory to what we know about Sam Winchester, as, as season six has proven. Uh, this he, he specifically has told Dean in the past that, you know, he doesn't, quote, unquote, pay for it. Um, but, but like... Just in general, like Sam's well, just werewolves not- don't really accept <laughs> general currency. So here's my collection of silver bullets. You can have them. Um, but yeah, he he doesn't normally like this. This is not Sam behavior uh, by by any stretch. So uh, when Dean calls and says like, "Hey, what's up? I'm I'm getting close to uh, Granddad's house." Sam says, "Don't do that. I've got a case. Uh, come to Pennsylvania." Mm-hmm. And uh, is it Pennsylvania? I had it down yeah, as PA. Yeah, I think they're in Pennsylvania. They're in Pennsylvania. PA. Yeah, it's same. Okay. Because <laughs> I think that he says PA. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Um, is there a different... There, it's probably not another PA state, right? No, it's Pennsylvania. Um, let's see. So it's we find out also that it's only been a day since Sam's last job, or their last job together. I don't know if it's supposed to be since like the previous episode. Uh, but Dean is basically like, it's been one day, like, what are you doing? And Sam is just like, oh, you know, just like to work. Let's do this. Yeah, and, and D- Dean obviously thinks that there's something going on here because this exchange is really stilted. And it's not like Sam is like, I'd really need your help on this or anything. He's like, no, we've got a case. Come work. Like, that's all I care about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's – he's a little bit more natural when he's talking to Dean. But, like, as we just saw with this woman leaving, he was being super awkward and, like – now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, he's acting like a serial killer. I mean, spoilers, Sam Winchester isn't a serial... Oh, okay. I guess technically you might be able to classify Sam Winchester as a serial they, killer. At but the end not- of season five, they <laughs> killed four innocent people and drained the demon blood from them so that damn could... Excuse me, so that Sam could chug it out of a milk jug. I just... If that's not serial killer activity, I don't know what is. It's it's strange. I'll give you that much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, after they, after Dean says, yeah, I'll, I'll come visit you. Uh, we get our second super gross out scene. Uh, there's a cop that's kind of set yeah. up in his patrol car doing speed checks. And, uh, like they give you the impression that this dude is just lazy off the bat. Like he's, he's got a giant, like 45 ounce soda. He's letting people doing 70 miles an hour go by and be like, Oh, I'm not going to chase you down for that. And, um, this scene is, I thought filmed pretty strangely, uh, because it's, it's filmed like there's somebody hiding in the bushes, like yeah. watching this happen. And this dude like slowly, but surely basically just, just starts to like, 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 break out in these weird like pustules all over oh god i'm getting kind of sick thinking about it yeah it's Ugh. gross so some gross shit happens to his face and then he dies just straight up dies like he just like kind of falls apart just like we saw the other cop do so this is two cops in a row that just literally basically melted where they were standing and i think i know the boys sort of uh, make reference to this later but at this point the it sticks out kind of as as witchcraft and from everything we've seen in supernatural these type of things are, are caused by by black magic um, but as we're going to find out, that isn't the case. So this is, it's, it's definitely a weird one. It's if not just absolutely disgusting. So meanwhile, Dean shows up to Sam's, you know, apartment of choice or whatever. And, uh, he's on the phone doing like some, some long distance daddying to, to Ben. Yeah. Saying, you know, I know I can tell you're lying. I know it was you. I, I know because I lie professionally for a living, <laughs> which is, <laughs> thank you, Dean, for acknowledging that. And then, uh, yeah. 
after he hangs up, like Sam kind of questions him on this and, and Dean says something that I'm very glad to hear him say, which is something you and I had said in the last podcast episode, which is that Lisa is being shockingly cool about all of this. <laughs> I, I wrote that down in quotes. I know he said shockingly cool. Like even Dean is surprised by how cool Lisa yeah. is being. Yeah. And Sam is just like, great, good. I don't know if he, I don't know if Sam is aware that Dean didn't like break up with her. Because the way that he responds, he's like, good, better for everybody this way. It makes it sound like he's just like, good, you dumped her. That's all right. Let's, let's get on the case. Um, I don't know if, if I was just reading too much into that there, but no, it, it just seems like he – It definitely seemed that way. But it, he, but at the same time, if he broke up with her, like why would he be doing the, the long-distance dad true, thing to be on the phone? So, uh, But it, at, at, at the end of the last episode, I thought that Dean kind of left it ambiguous and so that Sam assumed that he was going – that Dean was going to break up with her. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So. I guess it's not important, but um, this is I for whatever reason the plastic piece of crap line has always stuck in my head when Dean mentions uh, <laughs> Sam's car, who then just makes fun of the Impala. Like Sam, how dare you? Yeah, number, like how much gas mileage do you get or whatever? Like what? Whatever. Or you dude. see how many miles? What's the mileage on that thing yeah, or whatever? I'm yeah. like, okay, fair point, Sam. But still, also I. Just in Sam's defense, like that Dodge Charger is a pretty dope vehicle. Like it doesn't have like that classic Dude, American when I was, star thing, but it's it's <laughs> yeah, definitely when I was cool trying ride. to buy when I was trying to buy my first car, like after I had my mom's old car, and then mm-hmm. I was like, I want one of my own. I wanted to buy a Dodge Charger really bad, <laughs> but I didn't because I'm very poor. Because you didn't have forty thousand dollars and not because I was a month for insurance. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Sam Winchester had one, and I was like, Dodge steer it. <laughs> They decide they're going to go talk to the 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 one of the partners to the cop. They like saw one of these cops completely melt down. Uh, so they they literally race to the next scene uh, with like mm-hmm. th- like and there's this great scene of the, with them like squealing tires pulling up into the to the front of this dude's house. Which like I don't know like do you, cops don't do this. Like what are you guys doing? <laughs> this no. is so silly. No, it's just deep. Well, because they get out and Sam is like, "Deep, were you uh, were you racing me just now?" And he's like, "No, I was kicking your ass." And uh, and then some some severely weird things start happening. So they knock on this dude's door. Yeah. This very strange cop is in full like his full dress uniform, not just his like cop outfit, but like his full like I'm mm-hmm. going to get a medal on stage uniform. Yeah. Uh, he basically slams the door in their face after they kind of tried to talk to him, and Sam just doesn't even hesitate and busts the door in. Which is yeah, even Dean is like, open. excuse me, like is this what we're fucking yeah. doing now? This is this is ridiculous. Dean like doesn't even have anything to say. He's just like, what? <laughs> He's flabbergasted at, at Sam's behavior, and frankly, like so am I because. If you remember back in season one, Dean was always the more aggro person whenever it came to uh, breaking into people's houses, breaking into sororities, um, you know, trying to mack on, you know, widows or the, yeah. the orphan children yeah. of somebody that just got killed by a Wendigo or what happened. Because, you know, he was he was 26. He was a young buck. Now yeah. he's entering his 30s. He's calmed down. His brother went to hell. He went to hell. You know, he's he's calming down a little bit more. And, and Sam is just doing push-ups and kicking indoors. And having sex with, with prostitutes. So, good for you, Sam, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Very weird. Just doing your thing, man. Yeah. Uh, this cop has been spending a lot of time scratching out the faces of just about everybody in his, like, personal collection of family photos. And uh, when they, they ask him about it, like, he's obviously kind of messed up in the brain. He just, can't, he, he just keeps repeating Christopher Birch. Uh, and saying it's a kid with no face and a planted gun. He kind of repeats that over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I like that they're starting to play with some kind of creepy imagery here. Mm-hmm. It doesn't add up to a whole lot, 
but the idea of you know a kid with no face and a planted gun, you, you kind of know what he means metaphorically. But just the idea of somebody without a face and he's scratching out all the faces on these um, these pictures, and uh, it doesn't go anywhere in particular. But I do I did like that they're kind of just playing around with that kind of thing. And these and these are all old friends, right? This has been Edlin and Robert Singer, like they're they're old hands at this horror stuff. And I think when when we mm-hmm. do see these these gore aspects, when we do see these victims of the week that, that go through severe physical torture, like it's usually those two guys that are behind it, and they they know how to present <laughs> it. Um, not mm-hmm. saying that like it's a bad thing at all. Like I think it's I think it's pretty well done. Like this is this was this is definitely gross out material uh, because this dude just straight up collapses. And uh, starts bleeding. Actually, he starts bleeding first, like from his forehead, and then. Uh, but he's got the cap on, so you don't really see anything. And then he just collapses. And when uh, they take off his hat to see, you know, what this wound was, there's just a giant fucking hole in his skull, Chris. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. With some, with some locusts with some <laughs> running around in there. Locust in it, man. Like it's just gross. And uh, some nasty shit. They they put this together. So we had blood, boils, and locusts. So blood was our first victim. Boils was the second guy with all the pustules on his face. And now we have a dude literally eaten out from the inside with locust, which is uh, not great. Very very Egyptian plaguey. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if you go to if you yeah. go to Pinterest and you type in Egyptian plaguey, like you'll have a whole section in there for mm-hmm. yeah. It's the greatest hits of the Egyptian plague right now. <laughs> <laughs> I want my bathroom to symbolize an Egyptian plague. <laughs> Well, while also, um, let's see. So during all that, he does he does imply that they all have it coming, which I think adds to the mm-hmm. whole nature of it being a biblical plague of some sort. Uh, it's interesting that they're still kind of playing with like that same sort of range of religious mythology, pulling pulling some some new things into the you know um, Judeo Christian mythos they're they're playing with here um, after the apocalypse. Because you would think that they'd kind of been like, okay, we did that whole thing, maybe let's start branching elsewhere and that's what they have been doing with these weird monsters and stuff and now they're 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 tightening it back in onto like you know the events of last season and the way that they're gonna they're gonna incorporate this into this season i think it's really interesting into this episode rather um so before we we, before we figure this out though uh dean says like this is straight up some some biblical shit we we need to call castiel and sam is like like hey look man i've tried i prayed a bunch Mm -hmm. You know, I spent a lot of time after, you know, because I thought it might be him that got me out of hell. I don't, I don't really know now, but he's just straight up not answering my phone calls. I don't know what do you want me to do. And Dean says, "Well, I'll try," and does this like <laughs> really funny angel prayer that I think is kind of hysterical. Yeah. And uh, and then yeah. this scene is both impactful on a um, on a character level, like the stuff with Dean and Sam, and then with Castiel um, for a few different reasons. But it's also super funny. <laughs> it is super funny. I'll- I, I love this scene a lot. Like this is this is a, this is a memorable scene because it's the first time we've seen Kaz, number one, our good friend Castiel, mm-hmm. and then number two, it's just it's it's just because Kaz is being Kaz, like he's being like mm-hmm. weird weirdo angel, not quite human. Yeah. Kaz. Um. So the first thing that happens is Sam is pissed. He's like, I, what? What do you mean? Do you like him better than me, or what? Or, or what? What is this? And, and Castiel basically says, "Dean and I do share a more pr- profound bond, but I, you know, I didn't want to mention it." <laughs> That's just the, all great. the fans are like. Yeah, we know. <laughs> um, I do like Dean. Here is like, despite how weird Sam is being, Dean is still Dean. And regardless of what you want to say about Dean and Castiel's relationship, he hasn't seen Castiel in a long time. Castiel went back to being an angel, not his buddy anymore. He is now an angel. He's a, like a, a heavenly figure, which is, you know, Dean and Castiel's relationship is going to go through a lot of different phases. And this is a, this is a new weird one. It almost feels like 
he did answer Dean's call, but he's still a little bit feels a little bit betrayed, I think. Um, because it's like, it's sort of still looking at him and Sam as like a unit, or at least they were. So when he says like, you know, Sam went to hell for us, like that was all part of our plan. And then you can't even like stop in to say anything like, (laughs) come on, man. Yeah, this is it. I, I, I find all of this really, really interesting. Like this dynamic that the three of these people, the three of these people have, right? If you can count Kaz's mm-hmm. people, um, I don't know if you can really do that just yet. But these these three, you know, entities have with one another because uh, Kaz is going to go on to say in a, in a minute, like actually, I didn't come down here just because Dean asked. I came down because you know I, I figured out, like I, I saw that somebody was using the staff of Moses, and I needed to come handle that shit. Uh, but before that, it really just seems like Kaz is just there for Dean. <laughs> It's just yeah. like, oh yeah, Dean's back. He's in the life again. So I'll, I'll come down and help my bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he doesn't know how Sam is back. He mm-hmm. doesn't know what happened to God. Like it's mm-hmm. just, he, he kind of gives us a little bit of a lore dump. There was some weapons in heaven and they've been stolen. We learned about the, you know, the staff of Moses. Um, and he, he's here to collect it. He, as much, it's hard to tell if it's Castiel responding to Dean, because I think that's how we all want to see it. Or if it's Castiel being like, well, this just so happens to be the thing that I'm interested in. Because I think that the Castiel that we're looking at right now is not the Castiel that we had last season. Well, I know he's not. It's a different character. It might as mm-hmm. well be. Um, I don't know if it's supposed to be that he got his grace back or whatever, whatever happened at the end of season five. But he's been hardened again, kind of. He's been shifted back from from that f- free-flowing human-type Castiel that we had before. That's a weird sentence I just said. Um but he was very human and he was acting with free will. And now it sort of seems like he's kind of back to the will of heaven. Absolutely. And it's, it, it, this is going to be illustrated very, very clearly, even for the people in the back seats um, here in just a second, when he starts making some pretty awful choices about, you know, how they're going to solve this, this mystery that's, mm-hmm. that's at hand. Um, but in the, in the meantime, uh, they, they all kind of come together. Chris, did you catch a line? Cat says that he spent like the last year as a multidimensional wavelength of light or something. Like it's just a, I think I, I wrote it down actually. <laughs> did you really good? Cause I, I couldn't quite catch yeah. what it was. What did he say? Um, let's see. So, after going through the whole thing about the, how the weapons were stolen, um, and the weapons of heaven are now being used. Well, let's see. I'm just falling through my notes because I know I have. Okay, so the angels they want the boy uh, they want those weapons back and they need the boy's help. And I think that Dean is a little bit pissed at this because he's like, okay, we, we you finally show up, but you're just asking us for help. And Cass says, I'm sorry, my people skills are rusty. I've spent the last year as a multidimensional wave of celestial intent. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> multidimensional wave of celestial intent. Wave of celestial intent. That's great. I love it. But he also was like, regardless of any of that, you do not want that weapon down here on Earth. That thing is, I mean, it's causing people to like have these plagues upon them. Like, this is, this is bad mojo. Like, you do not want this thing around. So, uh, this proceeds to be some of the most ridiculous like teleportation stuff that I've ever seen in my entire life because they mm-hmm. decide they're going to interview the, the, the dad of the guy, um, uh, the dad of Christopher, um, Hughes, Birch. Christopher Birch, um, Christopher Birch, because you know, he's he probably, he might know something. Christopher Birch was like a dude that was killed probably by these three cops. Um, mm-hmm. but this dude is like, they flash to him and he's just like head in hands, openly weeping, uh, to the point where when his other son comes up and he's just begging him to like, come play, let's go do something. Let's just not think about it. Like, obviously this, this, this man is in some pretty dire straits and then fucking Kaz just teleports all three of these dudes, like him, Cam and Dean 
uh, just right in his fucking living room, <laughs> just directly yeah. in front of him. No, not outside the door so they can knock, not in the backyard so they can scope it out. Nope, just right in front of this motherfucker. Yeah, this is this is business, Cass. He's not messing around. He's not wasting <laughs> any time. It's business. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's uh, he's not he's not messing around. It's, and Dean is the only one who's like, please, can we take a second? Sam's like, yeah, whatever. Let's just get the job done. <laughs> I love – because he's like, how are you in here? You know, this guy who – to these three, you know, home invaders and Cass – and excuse me, Sam just says, we're FBI. and just holds up an FBI badge. Like that explains everything. <laughs> <laughs> to him it does. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm FBI. What do you want? What, what, what What's next? Um, so – it's they think it's this dude that's been using it, but it actually turns out to be this guy's kid. Um, so this this little boy, and um, he's not using the full staff. Somebody has sawed it off. So we got a sawed off staff of Moses on on yep. Earth, uh, which is bad, as Kaz mentions, because that means that there's you know more versions of this. But man, you would think because they, the way they present this in the in the in the show is that like, there's a clean cut. It's like someone took a fucking saw to it, right? Like a circular mm-hmm. saw just cut straight through that. Cause it's a flat cut. And like, you would think that that would break any kind of mystic properties, but nope, guess not. We could just, I like, don't know. Can I get, can I get like a, like a staff of Moses, like, you know, just like a two inch piece to put on a ring so I can just like curse yeah. anybody I want to at any time. Like, is that the thing that can happen? I just want to say it's, it's very underplayed, but it's got, that's gotta be the most supernatural thing. Is a sawed-off staff of Moses. It's really just digging into that kind of like Americana lore that they used to always love playing in, and then bringing in that Christian shit. <laughs> it feels like a random name generator put pop this out at some point. Sawed-off <laughs> staff of Moses, you know, plus twelve experience per kill or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. So they 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 interrogate this little kid and basically find out that he bought it with his soul, um, which is not a good thing because he Uh-oh. literally sold his soul for it. Uh, Kaz immediately knocks this kid out, teleports everybody back to, I guess, Sam's room, and puts this poor child in the bed that Sam had sweaty, sweaty prostitute sex in, <laughs> and then says, "I'm gonna have to like go dig through this dude's soul to be able to determine yeah. what happened to it." Yeah, because the because the kid Aaron, he did say like, "No, it wasn't." Well, I don't think he says no, it wasn't anybody. He said it, it was from an angel, um, which I'm pretty sure everybody takes at face value, which is interesting. Uh, I mean, he wasn't lying, but you would think that they would suspect him of lying or oh, that's being right. tricked. I think, I think Dean both. I think Dean reacts to this like, "Excuse me, like an angel bought your soul." Yeah, because yeah. that's not normal. No, um, but yeah, Castiel is like, "Yeah, I'm going to go rooting around inside of his soul with my hand." How you know, figure the logistics of that one out, and it's not going to be pleasant for him. It's basically like torturing him mm-hmm. and sam and again is like uh yeah do okay it, man. yeah do it <laughs> kind of holding it, back dude. like go right ahead i want to see this i'm excited uh <laughs> th- he's doing this because if you if you make this sort of deal on a, on a soul uh it leaves a mark upon the person to, so you know so i guess anybody who can read soul speech or whatever knows that it belongs to a certain person or thing or, or what have you. I, I've mentioned this before. Like the more mechanical the soul business gets, like the least I'm inter- the less I'm interested in mm-hmm, it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I, I, I like it as just a vague idea, not like a th- actual thing where like somebody wrote like a receipt and put it in this dude's like chest. It's like soul chest yeah. or whatever. Uh, but it's well, fine. get used to it. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm not, I just want to say it now so that by the time this happens a lot, like I, I can, people will just know my opinion on it. So, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so he goes rooting around in there. I think he gets a name, uh, and Dean is just sort of like he's horrified. He's watching his old buddy Castiel torture a kid, 
And at the same time, he sees his brother, who is always such a bleeding heart for cases like this, just completely unfazed. He's just like, you know, well, we got to get the job done. And it's a version of Sam that it's we haven't we haven't really seen this, have we? I mean, we like I think I said before, we've seen villain Sam when he was all hopped up on demon blood, but this is just like heartless Sam. Yeah, this is just unfeeling, no empathy, dead-eyed uh, Sam Winchester. And like I said, holding Dean back to because Dean like tries to go to stop Cassiel as Cassiel shoves his entire hand in this dude's chest. Uh, but it, you know, he just holds Dean back. It's like he has no sympathy or empathy for this little dude at all. And uh, Dean is is sort of horrified about all of this, right? Like you could just tell in his reaction, he's like, "I, I cannot believe that we're doing this." And then yeah. when they, and you um, know, what Castiel says is, "Is I can't care about that, Dean." Yeah, I don't yeah. have the luxury, which is very telling of where Castiel is at. I feel like that's just him completely confirming, like, "No, I'm not human anymore." Or, I mean, maybe it's him trying to say, this mission is too important for me to be distracted by something like this. Like, I have my biblical quest and I need to stick to it and I have to make this right no matter what. Um, God is known for wanting to test people in strange ways. But it's still, at the same time, it reads like, I don't have the luxury of feeling bad about this because I'm not human anymore. I'm back to being what I was before. I'm a, a celestial wavelength or whatever. <laughs> and I don't have the capacity to care about things that, that fall outside of my, of my quest here. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially if it's just pain, almost right. Because like this yeah, kid could just, and, he's going to experience this and then it's going to stop. He's not going to kill the kid. Right. Right. Castiel, you sort of, he gets a pass, not a pass. We know angels are dicks, but as far as from a character standpoint, it's like, well, he's back to being what he was. And, he doesn't have the luxury to care about this. But Sam, who I mean, he's not doing it, but he's so fine <laughs> with Castiel doing it that it's it's very alarming. And Dean is just Dean's Dean's just been in the doghouse this whole time. He has no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah, he's he's very unhappy about this. But again, and I mentioned this in the last episode of the podcast, but we barely get any time to really think about this because as soon as uh, Castiel is done and he figures out that it's somebody named ba- Balthazar. Um, yeah, an, an angel, angel that he thought was dead. Yeah, yeah. An yes, angel an, that he- an angel shows up. Yeah, like how? <laughs> <laughs> are they tracking Sam or Dean or this kid or, or like what, how? Yeah. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, my guess, maybe, maybe either Castiel or the kid, because I know Sam and Dean are still protected with their Enochian etchings. We'll see if that plays out in this season. Let's, let's see how many times angels find Sam and Dean because they forgot about the Enochian etchings. Um, into it. very much into it. Uh, <laughs> they fight and, uh, they go through a very, what must've been a very expensive shot of Castiel and this rainbow yeah. angel flying out the window because like they go, like they filmed it from five different sides and we get it from all different sides, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this angel first, he says Castiel or not Castiel, I'm sorry, Raphael sends his regards or whatever. I mean, that's Jamie Lannister sends his regards. That's that quote. Uh, but basically Raphael, the archangel who they kind of fought with a little bit, what in season five, early season five, mm-hmm. um, he's the archangel who Dean and Castiel went to find in the hospital where he was just basically, this guy had been kind of overwhelmed by letting Raphael in and, I think the last time we saw him, they had trapped him in a circle of, of holy oil. I could be wrong. Basically, they rubbed Raphael the wrong way. And and now that, you know, the apocalypse is kind of, or, or the, the repercussions of the apocalypse are, are going strong, he's he's back in action. And certainly he would be unhappy with Castiel. Oh, absolutely. Um, I want to say the last time they saw him was actually when they went back in time to uh, 
when Michael possessed uh, John Winchester for just a little bit. When uh, yeah, that might yeah. But the, the chronologically, the last time is when they they probably left him in that in that in that fire circle or whatever, and just like abandoned that dude. <laughs> Poor guy. I mean, I, yeah. I don't like Raphael, and Raphael's a total dick in the show. But like, still, that's rude. <laughs> um. So yeah, they at this point, this is where uh, Cass comes back, explains what's been going on in heaven, like this whole civil war thing, and then she's like, like, hey, I'm, I need to, I need to do this ritual. Grabs Dean's hand and just slices it open without even asking. <laughs> like, and, <laughs> and we always talk about this, but like literally anywhere but the inside of my hand, please. Anywhere but the hand. Anywhere. <laughs> back of the arm. I'm not gonna like feel that. You know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Do anywhere. Uh, we start to hear sirens in the background, and you know we're kind of concerned about like how long this is going to take. And as uh, Cassiel figures this out and says, like, okay, we're you know we're we're going to go to the next place. And Dean says, like, what, we can't just leave this fucking kid here. And he's like, I mean, the police are coming. Like, what are we going to do with the kid? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. to let the police handle it. And I'm like, actually, that's yeah. that's not a bad idea. <laughs> the kid's not going to remember anything. He's definitely what he says is not believable at all. Just leave him. It's probably a better option than taking them in the Impala. Because now, I mean, now the boys are going to have to share a car that Sam's car has been destroyed. By Absolutely. Cassio. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the short lived Dodge Charger in this episode is, yep. is pretty great. Um, Made it three episodes. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> uh, so they go to uh, teleport to this mansion and they have this meeting with uh, Balthazar. Um, I don't particularly like Balthazar very much. Where, where are you at on this dude? I never was a big fan of him. In part- I don't know. I just that I guess that type of character just doesn't ever really work for me super well. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with him, and I do know that he is very popular. But is he really? I guess just kind of yeah. I think I think a lot of people liked him a lot. Maybe I'm wrong. I just I hear him brought up a lot. But Monster of the Week. For me, slash contact everybody. Yeah, let us know. For me, most of the angels never really work that well unless they're bad guys. Just. Actually, okay. So just just Castiel and Zachariah are really my my angels that I like. <laughs> well, I feel Anna, like I, I think. We okay, wait, and Anna, Anna, and technically Lucifer. Okay, so plenty of angels work for me. I guess I just <laughs> he's fine. I don't I don't like actively like hate Balthazar or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's just a it's it's I don't know. It's I think interesting. The, I think the actor uh, portrays this character very well because this character is mm-hmm. kind of such a slime bag that I just don't want to mm-hmm. be associated with him. Like his whole yeah. thing is that he's been stealing weapons from heaven in order to collect souls for like, and they're going to get into this a little bit, but ultimately that's going to be a giant question mark of why he was collecting souls besides souls have power. I think it's the, the reason that he gives. Yeah. But yeah. It's just souls so have much power. A, like it's a hanging plot thread in a way. Like, yeah, we're going to get to that. Like, Here's a here's a thing, and like maybe we'll build upon it later because mm-hmm. we don't know right now. That's what it feels like. A lot of times, not to bring this to anime, but in anime, it always feels like in these long running series, they'll drop something like that, just this random like little plot thread that like could mean nothing and might not ever come up again, or it could be huge if the writer decides that they need something. Just, That's what this starts one, to feel like. Just one episode, Chris. That's all I'm asking. It's just one even, episode even, without mentioning your weird anime obsession. I don't even do bring I mention, it up a lot. Do I mention Dark Souls in every podcast? Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah, probably. I just <laughs> I just did. So <laughs> Yeah, I, the the dude makes this dude into an active shitbag and I kind of hate him. Um and he's is he's just a vulture, right? Like he's just taking advantage. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's opportunistic and um he doesn't care about this war, he doesn't really care about anything and um he just is like, yeah, like th- this is all going to go to hell, like regardless. Uh, so like, I'm just going to try to live my life as good as possible. Reminiscent of um, 
uh, Gabriel, right? Gabriel, like, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Same thing. Yeah. Except we had our, our window into Gabriel was much different, and we were. I mean, and not to say that that Balthazar couldn't be given the time to to kind of grow on us, because I don't remember all that much about him. I actually forgot about him until he came back in this episode. Um, so yeah, that do, that doesn't mean that he he doesn't have time to grow on us. But where where Gabriel or the trickster is just so kind of instantly likable, even as a bad guy, uh, that when he he he's he has time to grow on you. He has time to to kind of develop, and there's a lot of pressure on him to sort of become accountable for his actions or his role in all the heavenly shit that's going on. Whereas this dude is just like the B version of that. Um, again, that's just how it seems at this point. I don't want to dunk on him too much because like this is our first time meeting him. Sure. And also, I, th- I think it needs to be mentioned that G- Gabriel has jokes. Like, that dude is, is kind of funny. Where mm-hmm. th- this dude just mm-hmm. seems like to be a total, like, d- a stick in the mud that wants to do bad things. Like, a like a like just a just an asshole, in other words. <laughs> just a straight-up yeah. asshole. Yeah. Um, Kaz and him start, like, arguing. Um, and it becomes clear that Balthazar, like, has a grudging respect for Castiel for his part, the part that he played in actually stopping the apocalypse. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's our first glimpse into that Castiel... Uh, maybe way more important than he used to be, and um, yeah, definitely. I, I, I think that's going to be something interesting. That definitely the first time when I watched this was was something I was like, hmm, like if Balthazar feels this, like the people up, the angels up in heaven must be, also be thinking this too. Yeah. Um, but before we can really explore that, and again, I'm, I'm always just going to keep bringing it up because it's the it's the ongoing like fucking over and over trope of this season. Uh, somebody shows up to attack them, <laughs> like can't talk, yeah, gotta fight. <laughs> Yeah, can't talk. Angel got me. <laughs> yeah, uh, Raphael is here um, with with two angel goons, and uh, I like that we get a little uh, double brother. Oh, bluff. one last thing about Balthazar. Oh. Sorry, I just I just checked my notes. And I saw mm-hmm. he cites Castiel as his reason for rebelling against heaven. Um, he's he's putting the accountability on Castiel. Did we talk about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, he yeah, he's basically saying, "Hey, you rebelled. You stopped the apocalypse. You went against." the angel's orders. Um, and you were my inspiration to go and do this. So it's maybe that's another reason that he started to rub you the wrong way. Cause he's just like, he's blaming Cass for his actions. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I, it's, it's so weird that he, that Castiel would inspire this kind of behavior. Uh, yeah. and, and I guarantee in, in that Castiel way, well, is not comfortable with it. He basically says something based, like there's, there's no rules. There's no destiny. There's just freedom, which is exactly the type of thing that Dean was fighting for, but humans having freedom is a lot different than celestial beings having free, having freedom. And then I think we start to see that with when somebody like Balthazar is allowed to just do whatever that they want. Um, and, and to that extent, Castiel and Raphael, these powerful beings able to do whatever they want. That's just that the human race is going to suffer for it. Um, because Cast or Raphael, you know, shows up to attack again here. And I think in, in somewhere in all this mess, we learn that, Raphael wants to get the apocalypse back on track just because they had stopped. It doesn't mean that every angel is suddenly like, okay, it didn't happen. So let's give up on it. Like this is what is written. This is seemingly like the word of God that this apocalypse is supposed to happen. So of course they're going to be factions in heaven as I'm I'm rolling my eyes saying this (laughs) that want that happening. Um, The angel civil war stuff, which is exactly what this is. Never been my favorite parts of Supernatural, although on paper it is somewhat interesting that they stopped this big apocalypse from happening, and now that there's there's the fallout that they have to deal with, because 
that's the only way to sort of continue after season five is to deal with the fallout of that. You can't immediately just go into the next big thing. Yeah, you have to you have to deal with it. And I like I like the way this is shaking out, right? Like I like the fact that there are opportunistic angels that are taking advantage of the situation and be like, Oh, all of these people are distracted arguing with each other. I'm gonna steal their lunch money and I'm gonna go to town mm-hmm. and have a good time with their lunch money. In this case, their lunch money being the staff of Moses, <laughs> one of the most dangerous weapons <laughs> in the in the cosmos. Uh it, it, this is all reasonably good. Raphael shows up and uh we, we get some we get some good stuff between, you know, Sam and Dean still know how to take down somebody using the old double brother bluff, which is this is real yep. nice. Castiel yep. has obviously improved his um, fighting skills because now he can throw an angel blade. Like he's gotten, lo- he's leveled up a little bit. So now he has True. ranged. Yep. Range he's unlocked to the next skill tier. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. And um, B- Raphael shows up and then there's like, you know, he just beats the shit out of Castiel for a while. Sure does. <laughs> like he Castiel sure does. has no, has no, no, no defense against this dude whatsoever. Um, but thankfully, his old pal, Balthazar, shows up with, I believe, another one of Heaven's weapons. I'm not totally sure what it was, but it's like this like salt crystal thing because he turns uh, Raphael into a uh, crystallized hunk of salt, I guess. I think he makes a salt reference. That's why I'm saying salt. Well, he it's specifically like that's what that's what we used on on Lot's wife, right? Like when Lot's wife looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. Like it's a it's a it's a holy relic. They don't ever actually right, right, name right. it, I don't think, but um this is some of the worst CGI that I've seen in the show. <laughs> this is this is not great. Um this yeah. is just like well, they were weird... they were swinging for the fences with this episode. <laughs> they really were. And it's actually, you know, up until this point, like I think all of this stuff has worked out really really well. Like and even this, like I can overlook the shitty CGI and just be like, okay, yeah, now Raphael is. Well, Raphael is not dead because that's Balthazar explains like, oh, now he's going to be distracted while he finds another vessel. He's going to have to find another. Yeah, I just vessel. I just killed that man. Yeah, that he I just I just of. killed this innocent person, this 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 believer. He would definitely said yes. So um, that sort of takes care of that, and just when you think that this situation is over, uh, Dean traps Balthazar in a circle of uh, holy fire, I guess, and you know. The double brother holy fire is always my favorite move. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So they set him up and and basically like, hey, give that kid's soul back because angels are out here making deals and that's just as bad as demons. Um, so Dean, still being a good good boy, Dean demands that Balthazar give that kid Aaron his soul back and then that's it. And then he kind of, I think that Sam and Dean are on the same page here. We're like, okay, let's just uh, kill this guy. Yeah. Cause... Why are we going to let this dude run around town? Like, cause he's obviously just a, a force of, of chaos. <laughs> this is not going to be mm-hmm. a good dude to, to just leave hanging out yeah. there. Good and evil. Sam and Dean can deal with, but chaos is a real, <laughs> real <laughs> stick in the mud for them. Um, well, but that baby, Cassiel Sam and Dean, them go. anybody worried about that baby? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's worried about that baby. I guess a shifter just took it. Um, Castiel sets him free. I don't know. He, he suddenly he he's he's sentimental again. But before Sam and Dean can really give him any shit about it, he's gone, and that's it. And both of them disappear. Like once he frees Balthazar, yeah. like he doesn't stick around to explain himself to Sam and Dean at all, which is something I kind of like. Like as much yeah. as I want Castiel to be these dudes, like I want him to be the third member of this of this of these leads on, in the show. Uh, like I, I like him being aloof like this and being like, okay. We've got the staff of Moses, and I kind of know what's going on. I don't need Sam and Dean anymore. Peace. I'm out. Yep. It's like at the beginning of season four when I used to talk about how intimidating Castiel was and how I missed that because uh, it makes him like he's intense. You know, he's not just another dude. He's an angel. And 
playing off of that a little bit, it's like he Castiel almost knows his weakness for these boys, or you know, one of them, and he knows that he has to keep as much dis- distance as possible from them. Otherwise, he's going to end up rebelling again, or he's going to end up going along with them because he, despite being an angel, he still has a soft spot for Dean. And maybe Sam. And, and I think definitely Sam. Um, although they don't share that, that special bond, like Castiel <laughs> said at the beginning of the episode. Um, at, at this point, like the brothers, you can tell they're not entirely enthusiastic about the, the solution to all of this, about the, this outcome. Um, Sam starts moving all of his shit into Dean's trunk, and uh, mm-hmm. he just has a lot of it. So like, there's like some shuffling around of stuff as Sam moves all of his new stuff in to the, to the old trunk. Um, yeah, uh, it's... All of his huge shoes. His, and his gigantic darks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do like that he finds like a Halloween mask and calls it a yeah. Wendigo mask. <laughs> he, mm-hmm. he's just, mm-hmm. Why is he so bad at saying the word Wendigo? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Where is where's Jared um, Padalecki from? Like, what, what, what was his original accent, do you from, think? He's from Texas. They're both from Texas. Hmm. Weird. I know that he... Um, he, I've watched some random interview once of him saying how, like, in high school, his acting class that he took or drama class, they taught the kids, like, real hard to not use their southern accents. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's, like, he he just never got good at not using it. So he's constantly fighting against his inner southern accent. I don't know. I could definitely see that. I um, As I was a kid, uh, I, I looked down upon anybody talking with a southern accent because um, – you know, most of the people around me, I just was like, I was that shitty teenager. I was like, all oh, these people are rednecks and idiots and and, and dumbasses, sure. and I don't want to be associated with them. So I tried my best not to talk like a like a like a hick, basically, mm-hmm. um, which is mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I don't have a very pronounced accent nowadays. Uh, I've since just kind of don't care that much. So like in my thirties, it's just been a th- like whatever, who cares? Let's just do yeah, the thing. yeah, yeah. Um, I've sort of um, I did the same thing. I used to dude, I used to text like I was writing a novel, commas, punctuation, and now everything I'm just like LMAO. Send. <laughs> but anyway, um, that about wraps up this episode, right? <laughs> well, let's uh, let's get into some 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 brother emotions, man. Oh, that's uh, right, that's because, right. We got to have some brother emotions. Dean wants to talk to Sam about this. Like, he's very concerned that Sam had apparently like no no qualms at torturing this child, um, and he he demands to know what's going on with Sam. He says he's different, and Sam yeah. agrees. I like right? the it's it's still de- it's still Dean approaching things in a more mature way than he used to. I, I like to see that some of that growth um, that we, that we watched over the, you know, four and five has, has stuck with Dean where he's like, Hey, I'm not picking a fight with you, but you know, you're not okay. Let's talk about this. This is very much the shoe on the other foot here. And, um, and like you said, yes, yeah, Sam is like, no, you're right. You know, I am different, but it is what it is. And it's, it's, Again, we're going to be left with these all these questions, and it's not satisfactory mm-hmm. at all. Well, Sam says he's just been he's been hunting nonstop for the past year since he came back, and and he's a little bit rough around the edges, and that's like not an excuse because he's been hunting nonstop for like the last six seasons. Like, <laughs> my dude, what's yeah, up? Well, now, now that you went to hell, now it's a mess. It's a problem. And, yeah. uh, and Dean tries to bond with him on that too. Saying like, no, no, I, I was there too. Like if anybody can yeah. understand this, it's me. And Sam's like, no, no, man, this exchange is interesting. He I'm says, right. I know what hell, I know what hell does to a guy. And Sam says to you, you know what hell does or did to you. Um, I think it, it what does he say? Okay. 
Okay, I wrote it down. He says, I know what hell did to you. It tortured you. I think it still does, but I'm okay. And it's like, he says it, Jared says it in such like a, an honest way that it, it's weird. And this whole thing does actually feel very honest in, in a strange way. Um, where he's like, yeah, I think hell does still bother you. And like, that's okay, buddy. Like, that's fine. But Dean is like, what are you, so are you saying that you're, you're stronger than me? And old Sam would have been like, yeah, I'm the better hunter Dean. But he just goes, no, I'm just saying we're different. And again, it feels like that's, that's Sam really just saying that he's not trying to argue or anything, but he also doesn't really want to talk about it. Um, Sam or Dean is trying to, to come at this situation the way that he's always dealt with Sam, which is either I'm ready to argue or like, I got to make motions happen for you, little bro. But Sam is just so detached from the situation that it's, it's off putting. Yeah. Dean is ready for the emotional outpour, right? Like that. Cause that's what Sam has always done yeah. his entire life is get into this emotional side and demand from Dean. Like, what are you feeling? What are you, what do you, what are you, what are your emotions right now? Tell me everything that's going on in your head and your heart. And with the absence of that is really putting Dean off kilter. And when Sam insists like, mm-hmm. no, I'm fine. And you know, you, you deal with your shit. You don't need to worry about mine. Uh, that attitude just does not sit well with Dean. And I, it doesn't sit well with me either, Chris. Like I'm, I'm concerned over our nope. boy Sam right now. It's strange. Everything is strange. Everything is strange. Uh, final thoughts on this episode. It's good. You know, I, I, I like that what they're doing with the lore, leaning into some interesting stuff. Again, I going to keep coming back to the fact that not all of my, uh, I don't know. I don't like all of what happens in season six, but I like the promise of it and I appreciate the promise of it. And I still think that we're heading in a good direction right now. Same. I think this episode, um, dealing dealing with the fallout, like dealing with consequences of plot, is something that I find very interesting in, in any mm-hmm. kind of TV show or serialized fiction. Like, you can lead up to those big events, but you can't ignore them after the fact. I mean, you can, but I'm going to like you more if you don't. And uh, right. like dealing with this kind of stuff, and you know, th- this is this is this is kind of interesting. Like, this is you know, like this 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 mythological weapon more or less is now like the potential for these things to get out on humans is, is like, imagine if this was anybody, but a 10 year old kid. Right. Um, right. This would have been extremely bad. Uh, and I, I like, I like that aspect of it. Obviously the, the episode itself was, was directed and written very well. Cause we have our, our old friends back on it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm extremely excited to, to get into the rest of the episode, the rest of the season six. episode that we're going to cover today is Weekend at Bobby's, written by Andrew Dabb and Daniel Laughlin, directed by, uh, some, some, some mistake here, Chris, because that says it was directed by Jensen Ackles, but we all know that Jensen Ackles is the hunk that plays Dean. What's what's going yeah, on For here? sure. His directorial debut on the show, and I, wow. I gotta say, spoilers, he knocked it out of the fucking park. I wish he directed every single episode, almost, because <laughs> this, this is, is a so fantastic episode. Yep, um, this aired season on six o- is worth it just for this. <laughs> Easy, yeah. Um, this aired on October fifteenth, two thousand ten. Uh, after Bobby discovers Crowley has no intentions of returning Bobby's soul, the hunter takes matters into his own hands. He calls on Sam and Dean for help after he unearths one of Crowley's deep, deepest secrets. Meanwhile, Sam and Dean learn from what Bo- learn what Bobby does all day when they are not around. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> friend of the show, Wikipedia.com, that is not true. 
Because <laughs> the the viewer definitely learns that. Sam and Dean don't yeah. learn shit. Uh, just, they just get yelled at at some point. A little bit of trivia from our good friends over at that Wikipedia, by the way. Um, this episode is Bobby-centric. Just wanted to put that out there. That's great piece of trivia. Trivia is what that is, uh, and not just you know what the story is about. But yeah, this is going to be uh, an episode that kind of centers and revolves around Bobby. Our hunks are still present. Um, mm-hmm. Our you know we're going to we're we're going to be dealing with some of our hunks, but uh, it's mostly going to be about Bobby and his dealings with trying to get his soul back from Crowley. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, we we do get our. Or like then thing, which explains this whole situation. Listeners, if you just started with this in season six, if you've forgotten for some reason, uh, Crowley made a deal with Bobby in order to figure out the presence of death or the location of death, excuse me, for the boys to go mm-hmm. collect death's ring. Presence of death is Jeremy's metal band. Absolutely. Presence of death. It's got four bass guitars. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> four bass guitars and no drummer. <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a keyboardist that I don't think actually knows anything about the keyboard whatsoever. She, she just plays <laughs> random notes and moans. It's fan-fucking-tastic. Uh but she, he, he, Bobby also got his legs back. He had been, he had been, uh, yeah, handicapped yeah. in the previous episode. So, uh, that catches us up pretty well. Uh, we do, we, we start a year ago and, uh, Bobby is, yeah, somebody- this is something that they've just left hanging. They never, like, we saw Bobby briefly a couple episodes ago, but they never mentioned, you know, the whole, he sold his soul. He was supposed to get it back. Like, we just never saw Crowley again after their, their last little meet and greet. In, in season five. So I'm glad that they not only took a, a detour for this because it's such an excellent episode, but because it's unfinished business. And I, I, I want our hunks to be there for things. I want them to be there for Bobby, but I like that they're not like they can be selfish as Bobby will point out. And sometimes he's just got to deal with shit on his own. And it, it feels like a stronger piece because they're not there for it. Absolutely. And it's, and it's, it's that young, it's that young man thing, right? Like it's, it's mm-hmm. them, it's their casual, just expectation that Bobby's always going to be there and always do the right thing for him. And, uh, and that, and there's no recipro- reciprocity for, to that. There's just right. like, they just expect it without wanting to put any work into it. And that's a very young man thing to do. Like just not realizing mm-hmm. what the, that their actions have consequences. Um, so yeah, a year ago, uh, Bobby is summoning Crowley. And this is where we, we learned that, uh, well, first off, like they talk about their whiskey, like their taste in drinks for like a while. <laughs> and I don't know why yeah. it doesn't really, yeah come up again as far as i can tell other than like well i guess absolutely i'm sorry it does it's a major plot point never mind <laughs> I, just, I just realized that my bad crowley confesses to liking a certain kind of whiskey that yeah bobby okay whoops you um, pick the one thing to dunk on that's like oh wait this is the one arbitrary detail that's actually not actually, arbitrary. actually very very important to the entire episode <laughs> it's the whole thing that this whole thing revolves around whoops um but yeah, Crowley is there, and you know we've we've seen Crowley a few times, and he's very smarmy, and he's very great. Uh, he's mm-hmm. very much into like what Sam has done. Uh, I guess at this point they don't, they're not. Neither one of them are aware that Sam has gotten out, or Sam hasn't gotten out. Like it's not really clearly explained. Yeah, yeah, because this again, this is a year ago that we're looking at, so this is like presumably right after, um, you know, Sam jumped in the hole. And Bobby basically says, "I want my soul back." And Crowley yeah. says, well, you need really need to read your contract better. And Bobby said, what contract? And then, like, this weird red writing appears all over his body, like it's that fucking pen from Harry Potter. <laughs> and, uh, and, <laughs> and Crowley says, you know, you need, re- you need to read all of it, especially the part on your naughty bits. And uh, 
I don't know. Crowley's weird, like, uh, like interest in dudes in this. Not weird, but like his his like expression of this to Bobby. I can never tell if he's like genuinely interested in Bobby or if he just thinks it's a like <laughs> it a fun both. thing to fuck with Bobby yeah. about, right? Yeah, it's maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> could be could be like a little bit of both, and I, I, I I'm into it. Like I I am here for for Crowley, yeah. like kind of just intimidating Bobby with the sexuality a little bit. Because they're the only two in the same age group, so... Sure, yeah, they might as well hook up. Gotta ship somebody, right, Chris? <laughs> yeah, yeah, gotta, gotta set sail somewhere. Is that, uh, is that, is that Krabby? Is that... Krabby feels good. Krabby yep. feels pretty good? Yep, yep. Um, let us know. Because <laughs> I'm yep. sure that exists, but let us know what it is. So, uh, if you think the the double brother knife throw is a good trick, wait for Bob till Bobby hits you with the... Blacklight Devil's Trap trick because this How is does this, primo. This is great. Antics. This is great, and I love Crowley's reaction of uh, it. I, I, I hope that's uh, what did he say? I hope that's paint or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's my. That's one of my favorite lines in uh, the the office is when uh, Michael Scott is trying to host that um, like party at the uh, at the convention that they're going to or whatever. And he's not trying to have a party in his hotel room, and he turns on the. Uh, the black lights and there's just white shit everywhere and, and Dwight is like that's either uh, blood semen or urine and Michael's like God I hope it's urine. <laughs> so yeah, um, I don't really like and I don't really care, but like the mechanics of how this works, like I figured it seems like anytime you walk into a devil's trap, like you should automatically know that you're under a devil's trap. And I feel like the show has done a pretty good job of like showing that a little bit like as soon as they step mm-hmm. into it they're like ah oh, shit but Bobby doesn't or uh, Crowley doesn't seem to even either understand or like let on that he knows or, or whatever he just ignores it more, more or less yeah uh, I don't know if it's supposed to be you know if he doesn't try to use his powers or do anything then he maybe he wouldn't notice but yeah I don't, I don't know um, maybe he's just expecting this I mean because he is prepared for it as we're going to see Bobby's demanding his soul back and Crowley's like yes sorry bud uh, no can do as we learned in the last episode souls are, are valuable currency for some reason now and he he pats his uh, invisible dog on the head or something and, and reveals that he has hellhounds with him so unless Bobby um, wants to take an early trip down to the pit he he needs to let Crowley out now so after this, um, there's obviously like an uneasy truce between the two of them. We go to the present day where Sam and Dean are hiding like in some really threadbare bushes next to a fucking playground, <laughs> digging out the body of a corpse. Like they're digging into a body of a corpse. Excuse me. Like it's the most ridiculous like placement I've ever seen in my entire life. It's classic Winchester bullshit. <laughs> it's classic Winchester bullshit. It's really funny. Uh, <laughs> They find a claw in this dude's stomach that they can't identify, so they use the magic of, like, I don't know, faxing from your phone? Like, Dean does something on his phone to take this picture, and then, like, Bobby's computer does the old, like, internet noise, and it gets the picture on yep. the screen. Yeah, this dial-up so or whatever. <laughs> it's like when I used to uh, when I used to want to get pictures onto my MySpace back in the day, I would take a picture on my cell phone and then text it to my email address, and that's sure. how I would get it. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. You could have, like, that, uh, like, 225753 at AOL dot, or, or at whatever yeah. email address that you would get it from. Yeah, some weird shit, man. MySpace. Shout out to MySpace. Shout outs to my... My mom had a MySpace. Did I ever tell you that? I, I, don't know, I don't know why like i was it was before i was even into social media like I, I didn't even mess with that shit at all i think autumn had one but i just did not fuck with that stuff and yeah of course i didn't have a facebook till 2009 so i was way way late on all this look at you now 
I know. Let me tell you. I, now I have all of the all of it. Fucking. <laughs> you have like eleven Twitter accounts. Mastodon. Several I'm on fucking Mastodon. A couple, a bunch of email, <laughs> Instagrams, and Facebook. Facebook will not fucking stop. Just constantly sends me notification for the podcast pages of like you know posting a photo is a great way to engage with your audience. I'm like I don't have a photo to post for fucking. Don't give up skeleton. Just wait till Wednesday. <laughs> a new episode will be out. Leave me the fuck. Up. Why was this a notification? <sighs> Sorry. Um, what, what were we talking about in Supernatural? I have no idea. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they, they, they so, get this photo yeah. to Bobby, and it's... Bobby uh, gets this fax. <laughs> Bobby gets a fax from Dean's cell phone. Um, yeah, the, and he decides to do a whole montage scene of uh, somebody covering... You have to know when to hold him, uh, know when to fold him, from mm-hmm. Willie Nelson, uh, and him just doing a, a whole lot of stuff. Uh, and I, I, lo- I love this just a whole lot. Like he, it's he, great. Ha- he has to like go break into this library. He has to steal yeah, he, a book. He's he goes really to the bad. Library. He goes to the library, but it's closed. But like Dean can't wait, so he has to break into the basement. He falls in. <laughs> he gets hurt. He gets what he needs. He comes back out, goes into his truck, but his truck won't start. It's just a montage of bad things happen to bo- happening to Bobby, and then Bobby just saying balls over and just over, again. over and over again. It's really great. We should we should mention that on his way to the library, he sees his uh, his cute next door neighbor, by the way, who makes a point of waving to him because yeah. she's going to come back later in the episode. Um, after saying, go ahead. It's just funny, like, this is, I'm, I'm so happy we got to see all this, because Dean or Sam would call him, like, every other episode for the last four seasons, and we, we he would just be like, alright, yeah, Bobby Bobby came back to us with this lore, but it just shows what Bobby has to go through to get all this shit that they have no idea. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I love it, we, we've talked about this before, when we give ourselves a different perspective when the show gives us a different perspective of the mm-hmm. boys. Um, it's, it's always very, very strong to me. Like whether we see them through the eyes of a civilian where they look like superheroes or, uh, whether that, or whether it's like this, where we see them as just a constant nagging, just like source of irritation <laughs> in Bobby's life. E- either way, I like seeing these different aspects. Um, yeah, and not yeah. just as like the standard, you know, um, hunks. So yeah, right. after staying up all night, Bobby, uh, has having stolen this book from the library, uh, Bobby turns out, t- finds out that it's a uh, it's a Lamia, and I don't I didn't look up any information on Lamias at all. Or d- did you? I did, did not. Uh, yeah. I looked up the the other monster in this because mm-hmm. I forgot about the first one. Um, but basically, the only way to kill this thing is with a silver knife blessed by a priest. And Dean's like, "Okay, fine, I gotta go," and like hangs up on 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 Bobby immediately, which is it feels yeah. wrong even in the moment, right? Yeah, yeah, it just, I don't know. I guess we, we would be used to seeing it from, from Dean's end where there's nobody on the other line because um, Bobby's not in this episode when he'd be like, all right, thanks, and then hang up. But here, yeah, he just he just hangs up on Bobby and he, after seeing everything that he just went through, it's so sad. <laughs> it is it is extremely sad that he put this much work into it and Dean just dismisses it entirely. Um, or doesn't even, bother, he's, doesn't even bother to dismiss it, just, just yeah. takes the information and runs. Um, and as soon as, as that is, has, is over, he's just been, you know, unappreciated by Dean. We just hear like a faint calling off in the distance, like, hello, I'm still here. And that's when we realize that not only was Bobby in the middle of some shit, you know, he, he wasn't in the middle of cooking dinner or, or mowing his lawn. He had to drop it all for Dean. Uh, he was in the middle of torturing a demon for information on how to get his soul back. So, uh, my number one question is why this, is this chick not in the, uh, detox tank? 
Like that seems. I don't. Did they lose that set or something? Because it seems like the perfectly <laughs> mo- the most logical place you would put a demon in your house is in the in the demon proof detox tank. You know, there's just a lot of there's a lot of memories in there, and uh, you know maybe they can't, he can't get the demons in. They can't cross over the line. Oh, maybe, you know. Okay, you know what? I'll accept that. That's actually very good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's got this chick tied up and is torturing her. Uh, that. The show makes this out to be like a secret, but I don't know why. Maybe it was just me remembering stuff that had happened, but I automatically knew that like he had her bones wrapped up in this thing, and that's mm-hmm. how he was torturing her. Did you remember that, or did it? Did you find out later in the episode? Oh no, I totally remembered it because it seems like such a major like yeah. part of this whole thing. And we're so used to them torching the bones of ghosts that it's like no big deal. But basically, what they're doing here, and we'll get to it later, is it's not obviously the bones of the vessel. Because the vessel's right in front of him. It's the bones of the demon from when they were human. Yes. Which seems like you'd have to jump through so so many hoops to get that kind of info. Uh, or to get, to get bones like that. Because, I mean, even Ruby says that she was a witch however many hundreds of years before she became a demon. There's, there's a timeline on this shit. It doesn't seem like you become a demon overnight. So the fact that he's getting any demon's bones, remarkable. Yeah, and it's a testament to how fucking good Bobby is as a job. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 this is really good, and he's got like basically a like a flamethrower that he's using to, to to toast these bad boys with. And she caves. She tells him that, oh, okay, well, uh, Crowley has set himself up as the king of hell. Um, mm-hmm. And but before they go any further, uh, the doorbell rings, and it's the cute neighbor who just wants to hang out with Bobby and be a couple. And it's yeah. really really sweet. And I wish it worked. She brought him some some peach cobbler. And Brought him it's just like just coming up with all these excuses. Hey, why don't you come over for dinner? And he's like, Yeah, okay. I don't know. Maybe that sounds nice, but you know, whatever. And come by and fix says, my wood chipper. Um, come by and fix my wood chipper. He's like, Okay, sure, I'll come do that. Um, meanwhile, there's just screams. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's a euphemism, euphemism. <laughs> if I've ever heard. If I've ever heard one. Uh, Can you come by and fix my wood chipper, Chris? You know what I'm boy, saying? Oh boy, stick something in there. It gets all chopped up. Um, she hears some screams in the distance and Bobby's like, oh, I'm just uh, watching some stupid horror movies. It's a guilty pleasure. And she's like, yeah, okay, that's fine. This lone man living in a junkyard by himself <laughs> screams in his basement. And she, that's fine. And she says, oh, you like horror movies? Have you seen Drag Me to Hell? He's <laughs> Maybe trying to avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> some really good lines in here. I like it a yeah, lot. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's really fun. I guess, is Drag Me to Hell like a McG thing? Is that why it's... Gets it referenced. must be. It, it must has be. to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So he finally gets rid of her and goes back down, and that's why he. That's when he finds out that uh, Crowley's real name is Fergus McLeod, uh, which yep. the only I cannot say that without saying of the Clan McLeod because I am a huge Highlander nerd. So uh, <laughs> come at me uh, <laughs> with, with your Highlander theories at some point. Uh, but yeah, he just basically kills this chick, and then we get some more kind of montage scenes where just everybody and their brother is calling Bobby for help. Yeah. Like he's constantly answering the phone. Bobby on the phone uh, with somebody named Garth. Wait, I at the moment I forgot that we hadn't met this character Garth yet, who he is going to actually show up at some point. Um, calling Bobby uh, for help, telling him to call the FBI. Like, oh yeah, you know whatever you're looking at doesn't look like it's actually you know a hunter thing. Call the FBI. And then another one of Bobby's phones rings and he answers it. It's it's just Garth on the other end. He's like, no, the real FBI, not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just a montage of his phone ringing off the hook. 
it's constant, man. And it just makes you feel bad for Bobby that he set himself up to do this because obviously somebody needs to, like there needs to be like a central nexus of information of somebody that knows how to kill these things to go back and forth. But, uh, it's, Oh man, like it just seems like it's extremely exhausting, especially when his buddy Rufus just shows up at the door with a dead body. <laughs> it's like, it's just the way that all of these scenes work, it's, it's hard to talk about because it's just, it's delivered so well. And just, he just shows up and he's, I need to bury a body. <laughs> like it's the, the, the wacky antics that these boys get up to. I'll tell you. Um, it's, but, it's but nuts. Rufus is, he's got some interesting shit here. It's, uh, an Okami. Which I think that's what he calls it. And the the Lamia or whatever the hell they, they said that Sam and Dean were hunting is a monster. I think that they had never seen outside of Greece before. I could be wrong on that because mm-hmm. I didn't take notes on it. Um, but this Okami, which I tried to look that up. It just – the word that I always knew it was just like a wolf or something, like the video game. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it, it is supposed to be some sort of a mythological creature. Uh, I think the wiki lists it as like a cousin of a werewolf sort of. It's It's like a werewolf but – just in Japan, I guess. However, Rufus ran into it in America, which is not Japan. And that's super weird. Um, but yeah, he, he killed this, this Okami and now he needs to bury it on, on Bobby's property for some reason. Um, but I think it's just further evidence that monsters are being super weird. The fact that they're finding like continental monsters, uh, or ones that are like region specific monsters outside of those regions. That's pretty strange. Yeah, this is this is uh, this is bad news. Like the fact that these mm-hmm. these monsters seem to be spreading outside of their their natural habitats, and it's something that we've seen before. Like with the shifter, the the alpha shifter who didn't seem to need to shed his skin to shift, or uh, right. you know these these weird ass gens that we saw in the very first episode that we just were kind of more powerful than usual. Like they could go out and blend in during the day. So uh, I I'm really really into this weird monster treatment a whole lot. Uh, yeah, after same. after the after the plot fest of season five, and then basically not having anything, any time to do anything but cry, hunk out, and you know <laughs> talk to one another about like all of their failings as personally and professionally. Um, it's it's nice that like we're getting into some straight up monster shit a little bit. Like I'm I'm into this, yeah. even though we're not um, hunting monsters, right? Like we're gonna see a little bit of this uh, um, in just a second, but like the, we don't see a lot of them like hunting down monsters. They just keep showing up dead on the door, more or less. <laughs> Right. As as fans of, you know, horror, sci-fi, fantasy, whatever, it's just kind of cool to see them play around with these things a little bit, even when they're just in passing. Um, just the the idea of this stuff existing in the world of Supernatural, I think, adds a, a nice little uh, boost to that side of it because it was neglected a little bit um, to, to great gain in the last two seasons. But still, it's nice to see them, you know, touch back into it a little bit. And uh, they, they bury this body in kind of a shallow grave in the back of Bobby's land. Um and uh, after they're done with this, like Bobby is not after, excuse me, during obviously would had to be a lot of shoveling. Uh, Bobby has explained his, his situation with uh, Crowley and explains like, Oh yeah. Crowley mentioned his favorite whiskey drink. And Rufus is like way into this whole whiskey thing. At, mm-hmm. Again, like he's, he's also way into it, but Rufus is like, Hey, let me help you out with this thing. Like you, you've helped me out enough. Like, let me, let me help you out. See if I can get into this uh, a little while later. Uh, <laughs> I love this. Bobby's in his house when a uh, an asshole in a suit and our old friend Sheriff Joni Mills shows up at the door. Yeah. 
uh, the asshole in the suit is an FBI agent, and they're d- both demanding information. A real one. A real FBI agent. <laughs> an actual agent. <laughs> FBI agent uh, who had to look at Bobby's, like, bank of phones and go, like, excuse me, who is this guy? Yeah. We've got – like, if the word watch list didn't already exist, Bobby definitely created it right here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, everything that happens here is great. Now that we know that like Jody's on the up and up with everything, she she knows what's uh, what's going on with the hunters. And I think at some point she says something like, you know, she sent the Fed outside, and Bobby's like, "Why did you do that?" She's like, "Well, because I figured you didn't want him in here. Like, or you had a body in here or something." And he's like, "Well, I do, but there's a body in the backyard too." <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that um, after. Like, before they had a tenuous piece, like the last time we saw Sheriff Jody Mills, um, they were just, she, he was definitely considered, like, the, the crazy person in town. But after they yeah. went through her zombie child rising from the grave and then gr- gruesomely murdering her husband, they seemed to have become friends. Like, they yeah. both kind of got a vested interest in uh, protecting Bobby and making sure that Bobby, I think Bobby even mentions it at some point, too, towards the end of the episode where he's done a lot for that town. And I can only imagine, like, the the, the, the casual ghost infestations that that dude takes care of on a regular basis. Yeah. I'm, uh, I would still more than anything like a Bobby spinoff series or a Bobby comic book or novel or something that just covers, like, the shit that Bobby gets up to in Sioux Falls. Uh, we get one episode out of it, and it's fucking gold. <laughs> I want I want it to be from the perspective uh, of the person that he's having to fix, right? Like that old drunk Bobby that's yeah. coming to t- come yeah. in and t- to fix your problem and like not having any idea. Like they they did that a little bit with Constantine for a few for a few issues of the comics that I really really enjoyed. Like having it just be some crazy figure that comes in and fixes a problem and then leaves, and you're like, well, they weren't particularly nice about it, but my ghost is gone, so I guess it's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's not these uh these not these hunks showing up. It's just this old crazy dude. I'm so into that. Yeah, so uh, the FBI agent finds the the grave that they dug, which has been dug out, and the Okami body, luckily for Bobby, has disappeared. Um, unluckily for probably everybody else. This, um, yeah. But but before that, I actually I skipped a section. While the FBI agent and Jody Mills is is in his house, uh, the phone rings and it's Dean. And we get yep. this. We haven't seen Dean in a good like ten or fifteen minutes now, and the. The priest that they were going to get to bless the silver knife to kill the Lamia is now dead. In the background, the Lamia is just beating the shit out of Sam Winchester, and it's fantastic. <laughs> and Dean is like yelling on the phone, like "You've got to give me another way." Like we're an emergency here, and like Bobby is having to say, "Like, well, then you're going to take the rosemary and thyme, and you're just gonna you're just gonna roast it." <laughs> Trying to hide yeah. the fact that he's describing how to kill a supernatural being on the phone from the FBI agent who's sitting in his living room. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so good. Such like just the the, the that they're able to pull so much comedy out of these is just uh, just a credit to everybody. I'm just going to give Jensen the credit on this one because it's it's unlike comedy that we've had. I mean, we've had plenty of comedy in Supernatural, but it's a different brand of it here, and it's just so good. It's it's very very good. It's interesting to me that um, I, d- I didn't really think about this until just now, but uh, you know Jensen is directing an episode where he himself is not in it a whole lot, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. which probably makes a lot of sense. I've never understood how like you direct yourself in a movie, but whatever. I'm I'm not yeah. I'm not a famous director or actor. So. Same. So yeah, this this whole thing is uh is cool because so he just says that you know the, the the Fed finds the hole in the backyard. He says you know what you never had a septic tank explode. Might want to watch where you step. It's pretty gross back here. But you know as we said, this means that the Okami is out. So he calls Rufus because he knows that the Okami will target uh, specific like ha- has a specific type that it likes to go after. It's kind of what what makes this thing unique. Um, 
And this one was basically going after single white females. Uh, and he realizes that his neighbor, uh, Marcy, I think that's her name, is just that. Um, I love the little conversation between him and Rufus where he's like, yeah, the Okami, it's, it's not dead. And he's like, sure it is. Bobby said, well, did you stab it, what, seven times with a bamboo knife blessed by a Shinto priest? And he's like, five times. Pretty sure it was five. <laughs> Bobby's like, well, obviously <laughs> no. not. Obviously it's, it's not, not dead. five. <laughs> But I, I I love that as part of Rufus's thing of him just being so stubborn, being like, "No, I'm pretty sure I'm right, even though I'm clearly not." It's it, this is extremely good, um, mm-hmm. and of course we 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 know that there's a, a local single white female um, hanging around, and that's just the mm-hmm. you know Bobby's neighbor. So he has to go and like break into her house with a shotgun, which causes her all sorts of strife. And she's very concerned until they both look up at the ceiling and find this this weird Okami thing on the ceiling, and it attacks Bobby. And then there's a great big old fight going. Um, this is great. She the the chick is just screaming almost the entire time, which is something that kind of <laughs> just I, I should find probably irritating, but actually just delights me to no end. Yeah, it's just like just horror camp almost, and. Unfortunately, you know, well, or maybe fortunately, Bobby takes the Okami outside and ends up shoving it through the wood chipper and just spraying blood <laughs> all over himself, all over his neighbor. Uh, this I poor mean, woman. I love the idea that a wood chipper kind of trumps all the, the magic mumbo jumbo that they have to do. Like, no, he didn't stab it seven times with a bamboo knife blessed by a Shinto priest. However, <laughs> you put something through a wood chipper, <laughs> you're pretty much covered. Even uh, even when he's explaining this to Rufus later, and Rufus is like, "Oh yeah, I guess I guess wood chipper does trump that, huh?" <laughs> so good. What a great what a great fucking episode. It, we, also, this um, as you might imagine, uh, cools down her, her 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 interest in Bobby. He's like, "I can yeah, I can still come over." And she's like, "No, I'm good. I'm okay. Yeah, thanks." <laughs> so sad. So Poor sad. Bobby. Yeah. Um, Chris, at this point. When I was watching these episodes last night, I was like, "Okay, like, that's that seems like it, that seems like the episode, right?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was I had to pause it to do something, and I was like, "Wait a minute, there's just only 25 minutes into it. Like we've we've got a yeah. whole other episode left. So much happens between it's, here. It's so there's a lot of it, man. Uh, and it's all good. Normally, when this this much happening in an episode, not all of it's great, but I'm I'm here for all of it. Yeah, I am I am totally into this. Rufus has got a lead on Crowley. Um, he, he he has found out that Crowley was born in Scotland in 1661, and he had a son whose name was Gavin. Um, so, of course, uh, apparently Gavin was buried with a certain ring or something that Bobby has to have. So uh, he asked Rufus to go get the ring for him, which is a nice thing mm-hmm. for Rufus to do. Um, I thought they said it was at a maritime museum. And I don't know if I made up the maritime part because it made me think of that place that they went to in season three, the ghost ship. They do say um, something like that because yeah, because some uh, um on the ship over or something like they went on some prison ship to the United States or not, or to America at that point uh, the ship sank and it's like some underwater deep sea divers like found them or whatever so it, it was yeah. on some like crazy like maritime exhibition exhibition so that aside they they go to Andover Massachusetts which is um, just for all you out there uh, very close to me <laughs> so right on the corner find me um. They're in my neck of the woods, or, or Rufus is, and he he gets this this whole thing is ridiculous and amazing because we don't get to see any of it. Uh, Rufus gets to this museum and is like, "Okay, I'm gonna break in now." And then the next time we hear from Rufus, you just hear sirens in the background because he was caught. 
stealing this ring from this museum. And we find this out because he breaks in on a phone call. Uh, Bobby was finally about to sit down. He's going to have some, have himself in the cobbler, have a nice moment to himself when Dean calls, right? And Dean wants to mm-hmm. have like this very serious conversation about how he's worried about Sam and he's concerned that Sam's not acting himself. And Bobby is just like, hold, hold on, I got a call coming in. And Dean's like pissed off about this. Dean's so mad. <laughs> he's yeah. so angry to be put on hold. And at, on the other line is Rufus with, you know, chased by cops. And Bobby says, whatever you do, don't swallow the ring. He goes, swallow the ring. Got it. And immediately swallows the ring. <laughs> And then you just hear in the in the background it cutting off as he's like, no, wait, no, just yelling at the cops. Tell him. <laughs> and he just gets arrested. There's lots of, and we're going to get into it here in a bit too. There's lots of uh, like stuff that they're doing through uh, like phone like voices or something, mm-hmm. uh, or like mm-hmm. they're 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 doing good sound work. Let me rephrase that. They're doing some really excellent sound yeah. work in this. Yeah. Uh, Bobby goes back to Dean and basically demands that he get Sam on the line, puts him on speakerphone, and then just starts. It proceeds to just yell at these two boys and it's just run great. them down. I love this because after seeing everything that Bobby did this episode, I we are. I think everybody is firmly in Bobby's camp on this one. They're like, "Damn it, guys!" I mean, Dean is a little bit extra rude in this episode. I think to get the point across. Um, yeah, but. Still, it's like they never they, – they'll say, hey, thanks, Bobby, but that's kind of it. We never see, you know, obviously everything he goes through. Um, but, yeah, Dean being like, oh, you know, I'm pouring my heart out here and you got something better to do. I'm sorry. And Bobby's like, uh, put your brother on the phone. We got some shit to talk about. And it's incredible. It's like you call me for whatever you need. I love you like my my sons. But uh, – and then just, just lays into him and I can't do it justice. But, man, oh, man, is it good. And they – being being the good boys that they are, they're like, okay, you're right. We're sorry. Um, and I think they say, you know, that they want to help Bobby with whatever it is that he needs. They're there for him. All, he, all he's got to do is ask. Which, of course, it's easy to say in the moment. But, you know, they, I think both of them, especially Dean, who's been out of everybody dealing with so much just crazy shit. You know, his soul isn't on the line, but he's still dealing with a whole lot of stuff. It seems like they almost forgot that Bobby sold his soul. <laughs> like they took that for granted. And now yeah, it's, it's them all slowing down, taking a moment to, to help out their friend. It's, it, it is like Dean calling Bobby selfish is it, on the phone is just one of the, like, I, I was like, Dean, please. Like, you, and I know, Dean, I know just, just like, you, just like you just said, like they were doing it to drive the point home. Across. Like, I don't think that Dean is actually that mean or yeah. that totally disinterested. Um, but I think it's an easy way to illustrate the fact that he has totally forgotten that, like you just said, like Bobby has, he, that Dean has forgotten exactly what Bobby has done for these boys. It's also um, like a pretty little clever way to sort of reinforce the ongoing thing of something's wrong with Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause he's not in the episode, but they don't let you forget about it. They, the episode isn't about the monsters or about Sam and Dean. It's about Bobby, but they still are able to remind us of most of what's been going on, which is, that's good. Like that is a, that is solid writing right there. Agreed. Uh, but he finally says, you know, I I need your help. Like in case you haven't forgotten, uh, in case you've forgotten, Crowley has my soul, and he's not giving it back. And I I need you, boy. And of course, the boys being the boys, of course we're going to help you. No, you, you know, all you have to do is call it up and ask. And that's a point mm-hmm. that I like that's made because immediately after this, we see a scene with Bobby and Joe. And Jody Mills, where he says that he goes, I'm trying yeah. out this whole new thing where I'm asking for help. So 
I think Bobby was definitely in the right of saying, like, you can't call me selfish after all of these things that I've done for you. Right. But also, Dina's in the right of, like, hey, dude, we can't help you if you don't straight up tell us what's going on or ask. Like, you just, right. we can't do anything. So I think that's a really nice, like, that's a that's a good, I don't know what who, which writer, which of the two writers did that, but that's that's a fun moment between those two. Just the fact that this episode works on so many levels, and it, it doesn't need to. It could have just been, a, like, a goofy, like, Bobby... Uh, hijinks episode where he's going to get Rufus out of trouble because that's kind of seems like the A plot of this. It's just like, you know, his current situation or, or dealing with the stuff with Crowley. They didn't need any of these extra layers, but that's what makes it so good. And um, I think it's, it's safe to say this is in, in my top 10 of favorite episodes. Um, I, you mentioned that earlier and I don't know why we haven't been like keeping a list. Like yeah, all my obsession with spreadsheets, like we could just be like, d- is it above or, or below like whatever episode, right? Like, and just go up with it. Like that old, uh, like that game spot thing that was going around or that game, F- uh, game facts thing that was going around where you would choose to, between the two games, it would make a top 100 list for you. Uh, anyway, um, so he, so Bobby goes to ask Jody if he, she can get uh, Rufus out because obviously Rufus has this ring and we still need that to go do some wizard yeah, shit. With needs it. to be extradited from uh, Massachusetts to wherever <laughs> the hell that Bobby lives. I always forget. Uh, Washington, right? Or no? He's in the Midwest somewhere, right? Where is Sioux Falls? You know what? Let's find the frick out. P- probably Kansas. Let's just say Kansas. Yeah, yeah, probably Kansas. But um, she she basically tells him no. Jody says, like, I, I, there's only so much I can do for you without sacrificing my entire career. You know, I'm, I'm trying to help you. Like, I'm doing the best I can, but, like, there's just no way I can do this. And then immediately in the scene following, it's later that night, and she shows up at the door with Rufus, who is just, yep. t- like, completely happy to be out. He's like, yeah, I'm yeah. here. Woo! <laughs> He's just having a good time. <laughs> they're, in, uh, they're in South Dakota. Mm. So and that's uh, that's, quite, that's quite the trick. Yeah. So, yeah, he uh, she... she she pulls basically every favor and puts out a few, as she says, in between. Like, it's going to cost her basically everything, and her reputation is going to be on the line, but she's going to do it. And this is where kind of where Bobby pulls the thing, like, there's a lot that I've done for this town. Some you know about, some you don't, and I just need you to do this. And I think Jody is a good person, and she understands the value of, of what Bobby really does, and she is willing to, to stick her neck out. It's not even like a personal bond. I think for Jody, it's the sense of doing what's right. And, you know, maybe busting somebody out of jail isn't always the right thing to do. But in this situation, she's knows she's, she's helping out a guy who literally fights evil. So that's like a pretty good move. Um, Got to give it to Jody on this one. But yeah, she manages to get Rufus there. And she's like, all right, you have like 30 minutes. And then I'm, you know, calling in the escape. So if I lose my job over this, you're in big trouble, Bobby, but here you go. (laughs) And uh, Rufus has gotten the ring out. We're not going to go into a lot of details on that. It looks, Bobby immediately says, let's boil some water. Let's go uh, boil some water. (laughs) Then it's wizard time, Chris. And man, I'm so glad that, I'm so glad that you called this out way, way back in um, the first time. I think that the boys like had to buy a Ouija board or some shit and they did it on like a, or they SpongeBob, SpongeBob placemat, yeah. wizard mat, or whatever. Uh, like they just do so much magic, and like he's he's like chanting and using all this stuff. The ring like floats in midair, and sure enough, he summons Gavin. Uh, and it's <laughs> you, you just see this dude show up. He's just a ghost, right? Like we see yeah. like the the cold breath thing coming from Bobby, and then he just shows up. There's no conversation. We go to a commercial break, come back, and now Bobby is summoning Crowley. 
So mm-hmm. uh, the, the obvious thing that you think here is that Bobby is summoning Gavin in order to like have a hostage thing with Crowley and say, well, like, I'll give you your son back as long as you give me my soul back. Yeah. Well, that's certainly um, what Crowley says is happening. Yep. Absolutely. And I like that it's absolutely not that, right? Like Crowley yeah. pretends for a minute to be concerned about his son, but then just like, I hate the little bastard. Like, I don't know what, I, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to do anything for him. You can do whatever you want to with him. Um, but we, I, I, even I was fooled. I was like, wow, Bobby, why would you think that would work? Um, but yes, yeah, sure enough, that's, that's not at all what he was after. He, he was getting some info on, uh, on old Crowley from his son. Um, and the info that he got is that Crowley made a deal a long, long time ago um, for what an extra three inches below the belt. Hey, he's just trying he to says. get to double digits, Chris. He's just I trying to get to double digits. That <laughs> Crowley. Okay, so that's that's what Crowley sold his soul for. Went to hell for it. That's incredible. That's so funny, um, and it's so very Crowley. Um, but also that he immediately comes back with that retort of just trying to hit double digits without missing a beat. Is very funny and very, very Crowley. Um, but the whole thing that they've planned here and where Sam and Dean come up real big for Uncle Bobby here is that they flew to Scotland to this place that they located the remains of Crowley. Fergus, whatever his name was. Before he became Crowley, he was just this old Scotsman who sold his soul. And they are literally standing over his grave in Scotland. I don't know where they are on location here. Probably just a green screen in the background. But it looked – I was convinced. <laughs> and that means that Dean got on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> Which they have to cover. And they talk about later as Dean and Sam are yeah. both squeezed in this extremely tiny European car with yeah. you know the, the, the steering wheel definitely on the wrong side. Where do these boys get passports at? <laughs> I, the, the logistics of this are a nightmare. <laughs> Um, let, I mean, maybe Castiel just w- zapped him over. Who knows? Um, no, but, well, no, they yeah, they the, actually talk about it. Like they, they took they, a Dean, plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dean is like, I, you know, it was touch and go there for a little while or whatever. It was really nice. <laughs> White knuckling it the whole way through. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just funny that the boys went international. Um, but yeah, they 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 have the threat, the real threat over Crowley. He undoes his deal with Bobby. Finally, Bobby demands that he keeps in the part where he gets to keep his legs. Uh, good thinking, Bobby. Um, he's learned, you know, it's all about the way you word things. Got to make sure that he doesn't end up paralyzed again. And um, yeah, in like a blink of an eye, uh, Crowley has has been he's been freed from the uh, the devil's trap, and then suddenly he's just in Scotland at his own grave, and he collects his bones. And weirdly, here Dean is like, we should probably kill this guy because Crowley, you know, he, he's he's really become a thorn in our side. And Sam is like, no, a deal's a deal. What the fuck, Sam? <laughs> yeah, do you remember when Sam met Crowley for the first time, and Crowley handed him the uh, the Colt, and, and Sam yeah. was like, and where is Lucifer going to be? He's like, oh, he's going to be here and here and here. He's like, okay, and then immediately tried to shoot Crowley in the forehead. Mm-hmm. Where is mm-hmm. that, Sam? Yeah, what the heck, Sam? But I love that he's like, I don't need you to stand up for me, Moose. <laughs> and then tells him to get bent. <laughs> Which yeah. seems like a very 1600 very Scottish good. insult <laughs> to me. Very Get good. bent. <laughs> you, you great big moose. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I just insulted somebody that, there. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, hey, good for, that's good. Um, and that kind of wraps it up. Then we get to, you know, our boys finally appreciating Bobby and all he does via phone call. Um, this is where we hear Dean white knuckling it all the way through through a couple of puke bags. He actually didn't drink for the ride. He stayed sober. Which I don't believe at all, not not yeah. in, not in the least. 
Um, but yeah, they, they do try to apologize to Bobby and he, you know, or no, excuse me, Bobby tries to apologize to them and they, they're like, no, 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 you're right. You're right. You're right. It was all on us. It was all on us. And then, uh, they get off the phone and then Bobby sits down and then he's about to eat some more, uh, of that delicious cas- not casserole, uh, peach cobbler, peach cobbler. And the phone rings or one of his many FBI phones rings and he's right back into work again. And that's yep. where the episode ends. And it's like, just a solid block for block all the way through this is this is a fantastic episode i uh i, I really d- you know jensen directing is is really really great i did i'd never knew this before i don't remember liking this episode but i didn't i wasn't really paying attention to who was writing or directing this episodes unless you know on the blu-rays there's a little featurette about uh jensen directing it Might i can see that, that. Mm-hmm. um but like I unless the unless Eric Kripke's name popped up, like I wasn't really paying attention to anybody. Like, right. Uh, right. So um it was you know, this this entire episode, again, showing us the boys in a different light, coloring in the lines of of Bobby as a character and like the stuff that he's going through, more exposure to some of my favorite side characters, like Jody and uh Rufus. Like this is just fucking mm-hmm. ten out of ten for me. Yeah, it's it's a home run. And it's it's just so cool that they they pulled this off and my interest at the time was very much in figuring out what was going on with Sam because it's I, I was still uh, uneasy about the whole situation. Dean has obviously started bringing it up more and more every episode. And you got to think, you know, we, it's been this is our second week of season six, but this would have been the fourth week of just this ongoing like anxiety about my favorite show and like being like, what is going on with this shit? Um, but this episode just delivers so strongly on on all fronts that i was able to completely forget about anything else and if you i know there's a few people i think who who listen to this podcast who don't actually watch supernatural uh, but if you have the time this episode is a hundred percent worth watching even if you don't watch any of the other episodes yeah there's you know i'm not going to say that with everyone i know people listen to it and they don't maybe they've already seen the show so they're not going back and rewatching it or maybe they just want to listen to us talk about it for some reason i can totally respect that like there's a lot of time investment involved in a 20 something hour um tv show per season mm-hmm. and we're on the sixth one of those so that's a huge time <laughs> commitment uh so I, I i would definitely say like go go seek this one out i think it's it's worthwhile uh I, and again i just i just i love getting to know these side characters a little bit of the you know filling in the universe like we Yep. The 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 core mystery of like what is going on with Sam and you know where where, where did all these Campbells come from? That seems really weird. Uh, <laughs> like it, just being able to set that aside for a little bit and kind of focus on something else is is really great. Um, Chris, can I hit you with two pieces of trivia from the from the Supernatural Wikipedia? Oh, lay it on me. Um, one is extremely interesting, and the second one is less interesting. Do you, do you have a preference? Which you hear first? Um, less interesting first. Let's build up to it. Less interesting at first is uh, the fact that it was Alamia and that she referenced Drag Me to Hell is significant because that was the primary villain in Drag Me to Hell, which I've oh. seen Drag Me to Hell and I did not remember that. So yeah. <laughs> good on you, Sam Woo-hoo. Raimi or whoever whoever it was. And uh, the most interesting one is that this episode's title, which you might remember as Weekend at Bobby's, is a reference to the movie title Weekend at Bernie's. Okay, then. <laughs> Excellent. I Extreme, love. I love extremely the, interesting. I love when the that Wiki, Wikipedia tells us things that just no no average viewer would ever be able to figure out on their own. Yeah, you just don't really get that from the episode. You know what I'm saying? Also, like those really difficult pop culture references. Like, and I get the, the that it's a reference, but like, what does it have to do with like 
Bobby playing a dead man or yeah, like the plot of weekend at Bernie's really has nothing to do with this whatsoever. Like, did they just want to make the pun? I think they just wanted to make the pun. I can respect that. Sometimes you just got to go with the pun. You know what I'm saying? You don't Sometimes even have to back you just it up. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, yeah, two two more great episodes in season six, man. I'm I'm having a good time with season six so far. Have you looked ahead yet? Have you? Are you? I don't actually know which specific episodes are next. I, I it's fun kind of stumbling into them. I usually once I'm there, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I know what this is. But um, it's it's fun kind of being surprised each time because I did not expect us to be covering Weekend at Bobby's this early, and I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, this is this is this was a great one. Um, We've got a couple of other ones that I don't really remember too well coming coming up, but I'm I'm very mm-hmm. interested in watching. So I'm looking forward to discussing those with you. In the meantime, listeners, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so very directly by going to patreon.com slash monster of the week. Give it a couple of bucks a month. They get you access to cool stuff. Um, you can chat with cool people in our Discord. You can get physical goods in the mail from Chris. You can get access to our um, extended library of hunk chunks which is all of our outtakes and songs and various things that we have made uh, in relation to the podcast that grows, you know, basically whenever I have a free couple hours and remember that I need to do it is when that stuff grows. Um, and if you don't want to do so very directly, uh, you can tell a friend about the podcast that really helps, uh, or leave us an iTunes review that could, that could help us out a lot too. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, Chris. Uh, where are you at on Twitter now? I'm at local bones on Twitter. And I have another podcast that I just started called The Pretenders Guild, which Ooh. is about role playing in uh, the Elder Scrolls. So if you're into that sort of thing, I'm just I'm plugging it right now, Jeremy. I'm sorry. Is it is it just role playing in the Elder Scrolls? Because I'm into role playing, but not, as not as of right now, that's what we're covering. We mm-hmm. we have um, as we introduce it. I always say an Elder Scrolls po- role playing podcast, but it, technically it is not. Um, I think that's just what we're starting. We're using Skyrim because it's such an, an open uh, thing to kind of to play within. Um, but we want to grow out of that. I, we have a lot of ideas of where we can go with this. But for now, that's where we're at. Um, hoping to do a lot more with this. It's a lot more creative and like structured than I'm used to. So um, if people are interested in that, they can check it out. It's called the Pretenders Guild. Definitely go check it out. I've listened to the first three episodes, and they are they are all great. I believe you're about to hit us with another episode uh, the night after this is being recorded, so I'm looking forward to that tomorrow. Cool. Uh, thank you out there for everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. We'll be back next week, um, and that's it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> like six. Um, anyway. At the start of the episode, Sam pays off a hooker. This represents a large step from <laughs> season four, episode one. Oh man. The uh, the best part of that is the backward question mark? Is it like Yeah, question mark? Hey, you know what? As long as he's as long as he's treating him with respect, it's just a step. Doesn't have to be forward or backwards. Man, somebody somebody sent me like a little message on our like link system at work. And um, was like, hey, you need to update your email. Can we have confirmation? Whatever. And I gave this dude so much shit. 
Because I was like, what What the fuck are you talking about? I want proof <laughs> that you sent me an email and that we're doing this because nobody has told me any of this shit. And my name is very similar to my boss's name. So people will constantly try to talk to me as if I'm my boss. I'm like, uh-uh, no, not me. Um, so I just sort of assumed that that was what this was. And then he just sent me an email and he was like, Hey, Chris, need you to, uh, just confirm this. We're updating everybody's email. And I'm like, yo, my bad dude. Um, like I I got really in your face about this. (laughs) This is totally legit. You totally just need to update my email. My bad. I'm over here accusing you of lies. Are you, uh, are you using your little Wi-Fi thing? I'm not. In my, do I have terrible, uh, yeah, terrible you were, Wi-Fi? You were glitching all over the place. But that was a funny story. It was a really good story. I, I caught the end. <laughs> it Damn was it. A, okay. some, of the, some of the middle got messed up. <laughs> Let's give it a couple more minutes, and if it gets shitty, then I'll... I'll uh, or if it doesn't get any better. I just what turned the your, Wi-Fi uh, off on my phone. What does your connection info look like? Oh, it's only at three bars. What the frick? Is it? Are you in the green, or are you... There's another, there's another um, Wi-Fi signal that's open, and it looks like it's made up. Maybe somebody is just like hacking into my computer because that seems. I get a lot of warning messages about some bad, some malware that I might have on here, but it's just I don't have time to think about that. <laughs> yeah, you were you're glitching all over the place, my friend. <laughs> Damn it! I'm saying so many funny stories. <laughs> I can't wait to listen back okay. on what, the, uh, the, what these actually sound like when I'm editing. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa, man. What are you doing, man? Whoa. Whatever, dude. Whoa. Hopefully my connection gets better now, dude. After that, I'm going to Lafayette and spending a bunch of money on tile and toilets and to make sure that he has all the material he needs to start on December 4th and... After that, it's just going to be like a long string of logistics of like, okay, so we need to move everything out of the kitchen so that she can put floors down. And then that has to like not be stepped on for 24 hours. So we probably Jesus. need to be out of the house while that, that finishes. And then we can move everything into the kitchen and you can do the bathrooms. Um, How are you going to get any gaming done? I, I don't expect to get a lot of gaming done in the beginning of <laughs> December, which is which makes me wonder like why the fuck I bought Assassin's Creed uh, just because it was forty one dollars on sale. I just yeah. bought it, uh, and I don't don't know why. Shouldn't have it happened to me quite a lot this weekend. Apparently, I bought a few games, not just everybody's golf. Turns out, <laughs> did you buy end up buying near after all? I did. Yeah, I just bought it on Amazon, and I was like, it's probably going to be on sale like tomorrow for Black Friday. Oh, absolutely. Whatever. Yeah. What other games did you buy besides Nier? Okay, I bought Everybody's Golf. I bought Nier. I bought uh, Kingdom Hearts for Jess. Didn't matter because then she just got obsessed with The Sims. Mm-hmm. So I bought The Sims. Um, I bought... Um, oh, Dishonored 2. That was the other game I bought. Oh, nice. <clears throat> what uh, did her... Did, 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 I don't think that's ever that... I can't talk today. Did uh, it just not work on her laptop, The Sims? She never even tried to, tried. to download it, but I... She could barely run The Sims 3, so I feel like she'd be running into trouble with The Sims 4. Um, but, man, like, so the first day, I made her and I, and made myself basically an old man, and then I let her make herself into, like, a supermodel, because uh, that's just what she wanted. And I was like, all right, man, I look pretty realistic, and you look ridiculous, but that's fine. We're a married couple in this game. We're going to have a good time. And she started playing it for, like, five minutes and was, like, 
just like hated it. She was like, I can't play this game. This isn't fun. It's too hard to control two people. And I don't understand these controls. And I was like, fuck, I just spent 50 bucks on this game. She's not even going to play it. I'm probably not going to play it. And then Saturday, she was like, all right, let me, let me take another crack at this. And then sure enough, like six hours later, actually, no, I don't think it, Saturday she played a little bit, but Sunday she started playing it. And then like an hour goes by and I was like, okay, I've been reading for a little while. I'm going to, I'm going to rearrange some stuff. So I like reorganize my bookshelves and like two hours pass. She's still going. And I was like, all right, um, I'll go make some lunch if you want to eat. And then sure. She just keeps on, keeps on trucking. And then I was like, I get, I mean, it's getting late. I got to watch Supernatural. So I'll just do it on the iPad. You just keep on, <laughs> you just keep on doing the thing, girl. <laughs> That's awesome. She's deep in it now. That's just, that's too, that's too many tweets, Chris. Too many tweets. That's, that's uh, what they call me. That's my rap name. Too many tweets. Too many tweets. It's young, too many tweets. It's your rap name. Yep. Yep. And the thing that you're bad yep, yep, at Twitter yep. for. Young, too many tweets. Yep. I need to, I need to get jazz, man. I'm not, <laughs> I'm low energy right get. now. What is that? Are you snapping at me? I'm clapping my hands. Are you are you sure a, you're clapping your hands? It's the song. It, it's the song I would. Well, I was doing it lightly. Uh, it's the song I would sing to Jess when she was in a bad mood, but we needed to go to the bookstore. What was the song? I would I would just say, "Let's buy some manga." Let's let's buy some manga. <laughs> hey, that was it. Oh. <laughs> uh, and just to, just to repeat that you had you got pressured by some nerd at a GameStop to subscribe to a magazine oh yeah okay well no he was like um dude all right about to put this kid on blast um i walked into GameStop and i was there was two like teenage kids working there and uh the first one was busy helping somebody check out so the, the other he was like oh go help those other people because he clearly wanted the second boy number two Boy number one wanted boy number two to stop pestering him. He's like, I'm, cl- I'm trying to complete a transaction, be a professional, I'm at work. Please leave me alone, boy number two. So boy number two was like, hey, do you need any help? And I was like, no, I'm good, man. Thanks. I fucking, I know how to game, bro. Um, and then he came up to me and he's like, so what are you looking for? And I was like, no, I'm good. I'm just looking around. He's like, I, I thought that... I thought that you were looking for a specific game. I'm like, uh, no, dude, it's okay. No, I'm not. Uh, you're fine. <laughs> it's cool. And he was like, oh, okay. And then he just stood there and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> You're real awkward, huh? Uh, and then he's like, "Do you do you need if you need me, I'll be here." I'm like, "Thank you, thank you so much." All right. And then I walked around for a while, and then I didn't I didn't find near, so I was like, "Well, this is stupid. Let's leave." So I left. And then like a few minutes later, we were walking back to the car. I was like, "All right, I'll go in again. And I'll, I'll go look for something else because I was basically just looking for near the first time around." So I went back in and um, was like, "Hey, dude, I'm back." And he's like, "You look familiar." And I'm like, "Haha, yeah, right." Cause I was just here and then he was like, do you come in here a lot? And I was like, oh man, I don't know if you're doing a bit or no, but no, I don't. I, I was just here a few minutes ago and then he's like, oh, okay, well, let me know if you need anything. I was like, okay, thanks. Thanks my dude. And then Jess walked in a minute later. She had stopped at the car before coming in and he did the same thing to her. He was like, you look familiar. Do you come in here a lot? You fucking We're like you nerd. <sighs> it's amazing um, how terrible people that work at those game stores are. Yeah. And I'm, like, yeah. here's the thing. Everyone, Here, here's here's something that be, it may be uncomfortable to hear. Being a gamer or identifying yourself as a gamer <laughs> is fucking stupid, and you shouldn't do it because yep. games are just entertainment. Nobody like describes themselves as like a, a movie er or a novel yeah. er, or I guess yeah. novelist. But that's funny. reader, right? Yeah, <laughs> a big reader. 
Like, it's just so fucking ridiculous that people get so up mm-hmm. in up in whatever with all this stuff. Oh, here's the kicker. So, when we came back in the second time, and I'm, I'm walking around looking, they didn't, you know, nobody was, was ruffling my feathers or anything. It's just awkward teenagers being awkward. However, um, a woman appears from the back. She looks like she's maybe a year or two older than these boys. And she's, she's probably the manager or something. And... Boy number one, I just see him kind of like make a beeline for her. And then he was like, so I was trying to catch your Twitch stream last night, but I, I couldn't quite remember what your name was. What did you say your, oh, your Twitch name wow. was? I'd love, I'd love to watch you stream sometime. And I, I think she told, I don't know, I couldn't, wasn't really paying that much attention. Uh, and, and then he was like, well, you know, we could, we could play multiplayer tonight if, if you want. Uh, and she was like, yeah, whatever, dude, that's fine. I don't care. Um, and they were talking about, you know, PUBG, whatever that game. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And it was just it was that that exchange was awkward enough. We we could play multiplayer tonight, <laughs> but but boy number two, the one who was asking me for help, he just like swooped in. He was like, "What game? What game are you playing multiplayer? Like, what are you playing tonight?" And they just ignored him, <laughs> just didn't answer him. <laughs> oh, poor boy number two. And then he oh, came over terrible. to me to be like, "He's just yeah." Then because he got like shut down, he just came over to me to ask if I needed anything. <laughs> I need you to leave me alone. So then I finally, all right, I went up to pay and I was trying to buy some shit. Um, and I was like, here, I have cash and I'm not, please just take this. Is, I know you're very confused. I'm using dollar bills in 2017, but I have cash and I'm using it. And then he was like, oh, would you have a GameStop Power Rewards card? And I was like, I have my old account, whatever. And then he starts going on about all how much I would save. And then I just look over and I see the, the stack of Game Informers sitting there with Goku on the front. And I was like, does this still come with Game Informer? <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. Give me that fucking, give me that fucking magazine. I'm trying to read about Goku. Um, so I didn't really get pressured into that, but he was just sort of, he had just worn me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm, just give me the magazine. And then he has the gall Uh-oh. to ask me if I want to get insurance on my fucking video game, my disc. He was like, you know, there's there's a few games on this disc. You don't want to scratch it. And I was like, uh, do I look like I'm fucking four years old? I'm 27. I'm not going to break my discs. I got it, dude. <laughs> yeah. And then, so I basically, I bullied teenagers this weekend. Dude, and um, That's what teenagers now I have a to subscription to Game Informer. Yeah, you teenagers, s- you know, some of them need bullying. I've told you my, my weird magazine story from a video game store, right? Have I told you this? Maybe. I don't know. Let's lay it on me. When we went to um, uh, buy our first house. You know, we're having to do like extensive credit dives on all of our both of our credits, and uh, sure. there was this weird like thing that said I owed some uh, debt company like eight hundred dollars or some shit. I was like, "What the fuck could this be? I have no idea what this is." Uh, so we like call the number, and I'm like, "Describe who I am." I'm like, "You've got this thing on my credit report. Who the fuck? Is, what the fuck is this?" Like, I'm kind of aggro from the get go, thinking like, I'm, "This is some bullshit." And they're like, "Oh, well, in uh, 1997." And to keep in mind, this was probably 2005, right? So, but in, mm-hmm. ni- in 1997, uh, you signed on to you, you agreed to a subscription of several different magazines, and uh, those magazines were sent and delivered to you, and you have never paid for them. And I was like, what? I, said, I was 17 years old in 1997. I'm not going to like, what are you talking about? Like, there's no way. Oh, uh, sir, please, please hold for one second. And I hear like, click, like some keyboard taps. And I said, okay, sir, uh, if you can just listen to this, please. And it's, and she 
presses a button and it's literally 17 year old Jeremy on the phone with somebody that was calling a soliciting magazine to just saying like, yeah, send me all the fucking magazines. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'll subscribe. <laughs> he fucking recorded me. And they were like, is, <clears throat> are you saying that this is not you, sir? And I'm like, uh, I guess that is totally me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I said is there any way that you could take like less than $800 to, to get this off my record oh yeah we're authorized to immediately t- uh, cut that in half for you sir and I'm like okay thank you <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah so <clears throat> that's brutal oh man it was I mean when they brought like this fucking squeaky voice Jay on the phone I was like oh god why I just wanted it to end immediately like that was way before I'd ever even thought about doing a podcast right I was not used to hearing my voice yeah. in a while <laughs> So you just all of a sudden confronted with yourself and like, like number one, the agony of hearing like, oh my God, I am, why did I say yes? This is the dumbest idea. And then also just how terrible your voice is. And then also like it was, you know, almost 10 years before the phone. Oh, it was so bad. That's, that's hard. That's some serious shit. They fucking got me. How have you never told me this? They got me, Chris. They fucking got me. That's Uh, a big old fashioned gotcha. Did you even get the magazines? I mean, like, so I worked at Babbage's at the time, uh, which I don't know if you guys had those up there. Babbage's was like a precursor to GameStops or whatever. Right, right. Um, And so, like, I just had a bunch of gaming magazines at all times. Like, we would just take the shit home. Like, oh, like, you know, the new magazines came in. All the employees get one (laughs) and walk out the door with it. So, like, I, I don't remember getting any magazines, but, like, we were, and technically we were allowed to take magazines home, but they had to be, last month this year, and you had to tear the cover off, off so I guess you couldn't resell them or something. Uh, nobody did that, but my, my house was full of magazines. Like, I, it was, like, <laughs> probably 2002 before I finally got rid of my collection of five or six years worth of PC gamers. Like, it was Damn. ridiculous. And now I'm relatively regret that I did that, but what, what the fuck am I going to do with, you know, 70 PC Look gamers? at them. Think about them. Wow, look at this uh, PC hardware guide from 1996. Ooh, wow. You're definitely going to need a 3DFX card. Let me get that. Going to need that for my rig. The Voodoo 2 is coming out. I need to get that. It supports (laughs) trilinear color filtering or some garbage bullshit. Sounds like magic to me. It's all magic. Just like this podcast is magic when we actually do it. Let's do a podcast. Let's do it. I'm Jeremy Greer. Wait. Wait, no. Wait, I need your notes. Uh, it's been a while since you've had to do a road so far, Chris. Did we do a road so no far fun. in season six, episode one? I don't think we did. I hmm hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'll do one today, though. Cool. Lay a tile, Chris. Like, what do you even? Like, um, I have to. I have to pick out a color of grout. Like, what the hell? I mean, fuck. Literally, I've laid tile twice. Um, but I, I can't really tell you much. I guess I was just helping my dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I've come to rely on you for all of my home improvement needs, Chris, and you're really failing me right now. Just me. Just you try to get my dad on the line. Hey, Gary, quick question. I, did, I, t- I, t- I said it in the Discord, but he just found out about Destiel. Well, because I told him about it. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, I saw something about that, yeah. And he was just like, what? What do you mean? And there's like, there's like a big like portion of the the, the fan base that that really want um, uh, Dean and Castiel to be, to be together romantically, and he was just, just like he just looked puzzled. He was like, "Hmm, okay, 
that was it. Like it's just the thought had never occurred to him. Really? Come on, Gary. Well, like uh, in, in Gary's defense, uh, like when before we started this podcast, I was aware that people wanted this thing to happen, but I just assumed that they were like taking what was there and kind of running with it. I didn't. I, I would, yeah. really didn't know. I hadn't thought that the show was just shoving it in your your face the entire t- fucking time. Like this most recent episode that has them literally like I think they called the episode "Brokeback Supernatural" or something. Like it's just it's, oh wow, it's so obvious. Are you ready? I am frickin' ready. You back? Oh, what's up, bro? What's up, my man? I'm different now, bro. What's up? You have um, gone into the nerd zone, I hear. Uh, what, bro? You were talking like a giant fucking nerd, is what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know about that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, you're gonna hear me uh, making a lot of groaning noises. Don't be alarmed. It was just me stretching. <laughs> Chris, you're 27 years old. What could possibly be wrong with you? I'm, I'm I got a like a bad posture. I'm just hunched all the time, and I don't stretch enough. So you know, just you know, a lot of that. I'm so excited for you to play near. Same. Did you play the oh, first one? Well, I don't remember. Yeah, but I never finished it. That's why I didn't. That's why I didn't play this one. Do I need to finish the first one? No, not at all. Like, I get the idea. I know. I, I mean, I listened to a Kate and Rince podcast on it once. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Um, <laughs> Near Story is one of those things that I feel like is, like, it's fun to talk about and to, like, try to get into the lore or whatever and try to, like, f- mm-hmm. you know, tease out all of these different things that Yoga Tour wants to do. But at the end of the day, like, it's just what you experience in the game. And I think it's still extremely right. emotional and powerful, even if you don't factor in the weird um you know manga or the the live action performance thereof that's just completely canonical to the oh story of this game so oh my god what about dragon guard or dragon guard aren't those games technically part of the canon yeah the uh the the um bad ending for dragon guard 3 is basically what leads into the near universe for, is what for, the fuck? for my understanding. Um, there's actually a video that, uh, co turned to me onto the super bunny hop. Did a, not super, is it super bunny hop? Yeah. I know that guy. No, it's a girl that, um, who is the, the chick that she, it was something. I'm not going to be able to remember who. I feel is. like I know who you're talking about. She does um, a lot of like JRPG videos and stuff. Yeah, but she did like a uh, like a full thing, and, uh, and it is something bunny something. Uh, yeah, I, I vaguely know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm just gonna type in bunny near and see if let's get some weird shit back. Oh no, there's a giant bunny statue. I forgot about that. Never mind. That's not gonna work. Anyway, um, she does a video and that she goes into like she starts with Drakkar Guard, which I'd never seen any of that stuff. I'd never played that game. Um, even people mm-hmm. that I I I know and trust that I know aren't like trying to troll me or just trying to make shit up or like yeah, that game is actively hostile to the player. Like you're not, it, it does not want you to play it. I'm like, oh okay, that's weird. Okay. Yeah, I heard that that game wasn't very good. I only played the first one back on PS2 and it was like, oh, it has a dragon in it. Cool. You know, that was sure. a selling point for me. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Simpler times. Dragon <laughs> equals purchase. And then you got yeah. burned on those, all those uh, shitty dragon games, right? Is that what happened? <laughs> yep, that's what it was. Honestly, right. Dragons and Dark Souls, some of my favorite shit ever still. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that Dark Souls has cool cool dragons. I don't think that the fights really work completely mechanically for no. me. But The uh, dragon on the bridge in Undead Burg is like 
it's just cool. It's fucking scary and it's cool. Did you know that um, if you if you go through like a, a, a wide like a, you have to go through a lot of effort to do it, but you can go through and uh, make it so that you enter that area for the first time from behind it, and, and it'll, it still does the same animation or whatever, but you get to see the see it from the other side. Oh, cool! I remember yeah. the first time that I saw the thing fly away, I was like slack jawed. I could not <laughs> believe too. like I was just like what it can do like it wasn't it wasn't affecting me in any way it wasn't when I was like shooting it or anything it just I don't know what I did maybe the way I re- I can't remember it was so long ago it doesn't really matter what I did but it flew away and I was like this game is fucking magical it's full of so many secrets and I love it it's uh I got that same vibe when I played Dragon's Dogma recently and mm-hmm. I was just like walking from the main hub to like or the main city castle or whatever to go do a quest. And a fucking Griffin just came out of nowhere. And I thought the Griffin was attacking me. And I realized very quickly after I was like, started to defend myself that no, the Griffin was just like going to get a cow. Like the Griffin was just fucking hungry. Oh shit. And all of my like pawns and and myself included were like, Oh, I got to go fuck that Griffin up. And the Griffin was like, <laughs> fuck y'all. I'm out. Here's a bunch of fire or lightning or whatever it cast. And like took its cow and just fucking left. Didn't even Damn. give me the opportunity to fight it. And I was like, this is, this is the best. I love this. This is, I don't know that. And like the dragon thing in dark souls is exactly why I liked shadow of the Colossus, even yeah. though none of those types of things can happen in it. But when something different happened, I would always be like, Oh my God. There's a turtle in this pond. What is this turtle doing here? I've never seen a turtle in this game before. Better go on to the GameFAQs forums and, and see what anybody has to say. Oh my god, that game inspired such a level of intensity and like curiosity in me that I've never. I, I don't. I don't think mm-hmm. besides Dark Souls, uh, I don't think I've ever really got again. Uh, it's you know to, trying to figure out like all of the horse tricks that you can do. Like, oh, I can stand on oh, my yeah. horse and draw my bow, and I can jump up and grab an eagle, and I can fly for a while with this eagle or, or whatever. Trying to do the eagle stuff, trying oh to get god. up on top of like the forbidden tower, yep, whatever the hell yep. it's called up there at the mm-hmm. garden, um, which I did do eventually because of like the cheat. Or not the cheap, but like the little glitch that you could rest up at that uh, top area, mm-hmm. or that like there was like some middle. Like, but then in the the remake, you you can't use that anymore, so you have to actually just have your bar high enough. But dude, I'm, all right, we'll get back to supernatural in a second. But the day that I finally got up there and I explored, I was like one of the best days of like playing video games in my life was with finally accomplishing that because there was no YouTube video that I had watched or whatever. I just heard that you could get up there. So after finally doing all that, looking around and then being like. I'm going across that bridge. And I called my one friend over, not even like one of my close friends. It was just this kid from school who was super into Shadow of the Colossus. And I was like, dude, come over. I'm on top of the tower. And he rode his bike to my house (laughs) because he didn't have a car. And I was like, let's do this shit. Ran across that entire bridge. It took like 16 minutes on foot. And then I got to the other end and I was like, oh my fucking God, we're about to leave the Forbidden Land. I'm about to walk through that crack in the rock over there and you can get like a few feet into that sucker before the wind pushes you back yeah and i was like no no i gotta make it now I just gotta find the like it's like a zelda thing i gotta find the iron yep. boots so i can yep. walk through this yep. <laughs> just i believed so many things were possible in that game it was incredible i'm telling you man you should you should go back and play that game um in like new game plus or whatever and unlock all of the weird items and stuff because it, it makes it into a like a weird arcade version like it doesn't it, it takes away a yeah. lot of the atmosphere and stuff but like throwing an exploding javelin at these dudes heads and just having it like real back is it's true super <laughs> fucking fun you can get like a parachute so you can just jump off the tallest thing that you can find and just float for a while 
the, which is really the fun. parachute was the one thing on PS2 that I never got. I was never yeah. able to beat one of the time attack things on hard, so I could not get that fucking parachute. Anyway, in the remake, next the, uh, we're going to be starting a goddamn <laughs> Shadow of the Colossus look, podcast. Monster of the Brief, man. I'll have to edit that part out, but like Shadow of the Colossus, let's do let's do five quick episodes, three bosses each, and then do a finale. Like I could do that. That would be incredible. Um. But I, it's, please relax. Yeah, <laughs> too much, too too many ideas. Uh, but man, I, I, man, that game, I, I, I love it so much. Like it's just that that just from the moment we've talked about it so many times. Like with the demo and everything. Mm-hmm. Like that demo came out, and I just was like, I gotta go find this fucking demo. I have to. Did you climb this. the tower in the demo? Oh yeah, absolutely. I went yeah, to the second I, boss I played area. Played the demo, the demo after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could you could break right, that. Okay. You could break your PS2 pretty easily. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. Oh, that shit was so good. Okay. I'm glad to know that we were doing the same thing at the same time in our lives without, yeah, yeah. without and watching it. Supernatural. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 